1: in space. Space trash.
2: Lifestyles of the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities,
1: they're trash,
2: but the astrology can help us understand.
1: Transmission incoming. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings Trashlings and welcome back to another episode of Space Trash.
0: Pew, pew,
2: pew
1: lifestyles of the rich and Uranus and I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Malshine and Welcome to week two of Leo season on Space Trash. Loving Leo
2: season so far. I do feel that the Leos have been particularly wild in this week, but not in a bad way. But Leo season is about just expressing your shit, you know? So I feel like if you're a Leo, we feel you, we feel for you, and we hope that you are coming through this Lionsgate portal that is officially coming to a head on Sunday at the Moon Yule. Check us out. Come join us. But I do think for the Leos, they're all feeling the pressure of Leo season. And and I don't think it's easy.
1: Yeah, we got to We're going to get into this Lionsgate portal because I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And I really want to know. Yeah. But one of the Leos this week who is not wyland, she's wyland in the classiest way possible is Meghan yeah. Markle. It's her birthday as we record this. Happy birthday, Maggie. So Megan is turning 40 on the same day that Barack Obama is turning 60. And on the same day that our friend Desi is turning. Yeah. Happy 26th birthday, Desi. Yeah. We're all going to be 26 for a couple of years now. Yeah. So Megan is 40. She's embracing her 40-ness. She's not hiding from being 40. Out of the former Fab Four of her, Harry, William, and Kate, she's the oldest. Wow. How old are the other ones? How old? How old is Kate? I think... Kate's 39. I think mm. William's six months younger than her. And then Harry's like 36 or 37. God, okay. But I, I, that's just an estimate, but that's that's like a ballpark. I think it's pretty accurate. Okay. So yeah, Megan's 40 and she is embracing the 40-ness. Her new initiative that she announced today is called 40 by 40. Okay. Loving the use of 40. She is not hiding for one second. Right. So what her program is, is she enlisted 40 celebrity friends to donate 40 minutes of their time to women who have been laid off or lost their jobs in the pandemic to act as mentors.
2: I do feel it's a little bit uh, misguided in a way. I love the idea, but it's a little bit like what do you celebrities what do you guys know about getting a day job like what on earth could you pass how could you mentor me it's like what are they going to say get filler and try again like what what, what, what's their advice that
1: would be my advice for anyone but that's the thing is it's the most leo charity (laughs) in the world it's like well what could (laughs) help you more than speaking to a movie star on zoom for 40 minutes right or is it just like is everyone just going to end up with jobs as pas Right. Well, that would be great. You'd make really good money. Except that it's, like, a fucking shit job. Oh, I thought you meant personal assistant. You mean production assistant. No, I mean,
2: like, yeah, production assistant. Like, they're just going to be, like, the Sherpas, like, bringing water bottles back from the van to the craft service table. It's like, eh, I don't know if the moms want to do that all day. 16-hour days on their feet.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I do think this is a good initiative. I do think it's, like, it's really good to... Talk about people not having work because this is one of the biggest things that's sort of—I'm not going to lie—annoyed me about Meghan and Harry for the last few months to a year is just not seeming to understand that like everyone else is broke and you're really rich, so like, right? You gotta we you, you gotta take your troubles with a grain of salt, you know? Right, right. So. It's good to see them actually prioritizing helping other people grow their bank account. Because, I feel that. Yeah, like we can't all have the Netflix deal, so <laughs> right.
2: or his book deal. What's he? How about, he's getting? Like a couple million to write his tell-all, which is only going to be one-sided and sort of vanilla.
1: So it's allegedly a hundred million dollar advance. Nice. nice, nice, and it's a, that allegedly is for like four different books.
2: Like, to me, it's a little bit like, okay, Megan, I love the idea, and I love just being like 40 by 40, loud and proud, and I have 40 friends, and I'm not afraid to say it. I will say, though, and this is like, you know, I'm coming off the heels of my birthday. You know, it's one of those things where it's such a nice gesture, but I almost want to be like, send cash. (laughs) Send cash. You know what I mean? It's like. Oh, yay! Another you know uh, you know this or that. not that I'm not grateful for all of your wonderful blessings and gifts, but it's just like you know Megan, if you now have a hundred million dollar advance for your husband's sort of boring one sided story, send everybody a hundred thousand dollars and and really be helpful,
1: yeah, well, the thing is they have sixteen bathrooms in their house, like. I really think that they have the most expensive lifestyle ever and they actually don't have that much to spare.
2: Wouldn't it be so funny if low key these were just like 40 interviews for the people that are going to be like the, the wait staff in their house or like the like we actually have a job for you. You can be our bathroom attendant in bathroom number six. You can yeah. be our you can be our oh, you were a chef. You can be our chef. Oh, you were a nanny. You could be our nanny. Like maybe they're actually just staffing up the the
1: new L.A. palace and like this is their covert way of doing it. I know, that would be pretty smart. She also, <laughs> um, she looks amazing in the video. It's the first yeah. time we've seen her since she had Lilibet Diana, which um, you can go back and read or listen to our chart reading of her because apparently Megan did because she was wearing astrology necklaces. I like her more every moment,
2: Molly. I like her more every fucking moment. Of course Megan's into astrology, you know? Like, I think freeing herself from the royal, you know, like, vice grip was one of the best things that ever happened to her because now she can still have her little title, the Duchess of Suchus at Your Service, or whatever her name the is. Of the duchess of Suchus. <laughs> duchess of Suchus at Your Service. But like low key, she's like, but I'm still like a freaky deaky astro lover. And like now you can get these necklaces by my friend Howell. What's his name? Lol Howell.
1: Yeah. For so a, the-
2: for a fair price of 16,000. No, it's a, it's, Sixteen hundred dollars is the necklace, but it's still a little bit—it's still a little bit pricey. I think in terms of necklaces. You uh, also at yeah. Walmart. There's tons of Astro stuff there now too.
1: Very pricey. Uh, you could also go to our merch store where it will cost you twenty seven dollars, and it will be very clever.
2: Yeah, if she really wants to actually help the people, she wants to actually instruct them to the Space Trash Merch Store so that they can all wear Astro gear for their kids too.
1: Women in business. Hello.
2: Yeah. Megan, I love the effort and your pores look great. You're making 40 look like 20. We're here for it. But let's get, if you're going to like merchandise, which I don't even think is allowed in general as a as a royal, like why don't you send them to the fucking real people shop, okay?
1: Right. So, okay, this is like a, a piping hot conspiracy theory in the bowels of the internet. Woo-hoo. There is a theory that Megan has been merchandising everything that she's ever worn in the Royal family. And mm. uh, so basically when you're in the Royal family, most celebrities borrow clothing from designers or retailers, but Royals are not allowed to do that because it it's like giving a favor to someone. It's just, it's like a conflict of interest. So the Royals are supposed to pay for all of their clothing. Megan's, wardrobe was like Givenchy, Dior, super expensive stuff, more so than Kate. And the theory that a lot of sort of haters had was that she was doing it the Hollywood way and getting these things loaned to her. Could you blame her though? Right. I
2: mean- Why wouldn't she do that? They're also, they took them off the payroll anyway. Like what do they owe the royals? They don't owe them anything.
1: Right. Well, that was before they took them off the payroll. And the, the, the way that it works is- Charles would have paid for all of her clothing. So it's like one of – you know, the British tabloids, they would do these things where they would tally up all the outfits that each member of the family wears and show how much it costs each year. Oh, and nice. like Megan's first year, it was something like a quarter of a million dollars, which That's is really fucking negative. crazy. And it's like do you really th- – I don't know if Charles would have been just handing them a quarter of a million bucks to to spend on clothes. You know, like – Kate wears stuff from like the high, the high street. Like she wears things from like the British version of like Banana Republic. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, really? Yeah, she wears a mix of designer. She does wear a lot of really really high end stuff. So she she's wears-
2: kind of going like she's going the more normie route.
1: Yeah, she's high low, and Megan was like high high the whole time she was mm, in. So interesting. It's almost like Megan probably was accepting donation or not donations but accepting loans from the fashion companies which is a way more economical way of doing it because if she was having charles pay for all of her clothes it's like oh you're using charles's very ethically questionable land empire to fund your haute couture not a great look so You can see why she would have been, like, so frustrated and and been like, I should be free to admit that these things are being loaned to me because I don't want people thinking that I'm using, like, some fisherman's rent money (laughs) to get, like, Audrey Hepburn clothes. You know what I mean?
2: And I don't think Charles seems that generous.
1: Yeah, none of the I think they're all very, very frugal, because that's the way it is in the British upper classes. Like, it's like, it's a flex to be like as cheap as possible and wear the same thing over and over again. Like, Mm. it's not a it's not about being flashy, you know?
2: Mm. Yeah, that's where like, it does absolutely differ from the American Hollywood royalty for sure.
1: Right, exactly. So here's the thing. The these necklaces, they're by this designer Logan Hollowell. The Taurus necklace is in honor of Archie, it's sixteen hundred dollars. And the Gemini necklace is in honor of Lily, which is seventeen eighty five. Uh I mean this is the best advertising money you can buy yeah. at this point in time. Like Megan has not been seen in public in, I think, six months, and now she's in this Zoom frame video. And the only thing you can focus on besides her face is the necklaces. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to merchandise that and not to be like, hey, who wants to pay me for my next space for this 10-minute video? And that's worth – that's got to be worth 500 grand. Like the amount of people that are going to be rushing to that website now for years to come.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I don't really blame her for it because if what you're saying is true and they have a 16-bathroom lifestyle and they're about to staff up their house with these 40 by 40 people, which I hope (laughs) is what the case, okay? That's a rumor, allegedly. Allegedly, you heard it here first. I I get where they need to be enterprising.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What is it in their charts off the top of your head that would make them, like, I, I just feel like they don't make the frugal choices ever. So what is that? Like, I feel like I love luxury. I, I have a taste for luxury and luxury mm-hmm. has a taste for me. That was one of Do the I real house. Of, of the v- rich Uranus. No. Yeah, that was one of the real housewives taglines. I don't remember who. I love it. Um, But I love luxury. I love leisure. I love eating amazing food. But I also, like, really get skittish about overspending and I don't want to be – like, I would never, ever – Ever have a house with 16 bathrooms, even if I was like a billionaire. So is there something astrologically that makes some people more spendy than others? Well, I do think it depends on,
2: you know, what's going on in the chart. And I mean, first of all, Leo's care a lot about like Leo, Megan has her North node, her Mercury and her son in Leo. So she cares a lot about like the performance of fashion and like it's in her first house. So she, she wants to appear Like she is royal, right? Like she's regal. She also has so much Libra in her chart and Libra cares more than anything about aesthetics. So they will go above and beyond You know, you think Libra is all about balance. Sure, sure. In certain ways it is. But in other ways, it's about pretty. And it's about things that look really nice and things that, you know, are high end. I
1: I also think Libras are really good at equivocating and justifying anything to themselves.
2: 100%. So she's going like, well, okay, this might be expensive. But number one, if I'm getting a kickback for it, so worth it. Second of all, just uh, to appear to be wealthy or to appear to be you know, really living a high-end lifestyle is, is probably one of the most important things for her. The other thing that's interesting is our boy Chiron is going retrograde right on her midheaven right now, which is her the, the way that she appears to the public. And her midheaven is in Aries. So she is kind of meant to be this like leader, soldier, warrior, renegade. And when, when Chiron is in Aries for everybody, we're really getting a healing of our senses of self. So, I think that for Megan in this moment, on her birthday, she's got that trine from her midheaven to her sun and Mercury. It's sort of like she's going, hey, whatever you thought about me, like, sure, I was suicidal. Sure, there are chickens in my backyard. But at the end of the day, know this, I got nice shit. I can afford nice shit. And like, I am here to show you that I'm all good. I'm good with being 40. I'm good with being rich. And I'm good with helping the little people because there's sort of like a revamp of her image going on right now. And so I think that that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that like, she's coming out strong going, hey, you guys, not only I am a warrior for the people, but I'm rich and I got nice shit and I can pay for it.
1: Yeah, I think so. I've been really confused about her, her like inward identity for a long time because, you know, she had the Hollywood career. And let's be honest, it was not, she was not like, you know, box, yeah, she wasn't like box office gold. She was like Hallmark movie gold. And, mm-hmm. Also, she, when she went to college, she, like, started to make moves toward diplomacy, but then just decided she wanted to act instead. When she worked with the UN, she, like, abruptly stopped working with them after, like, a couple months. So there's been a lot of weird, like, skittish movement through her, like, acting and humanitarianism. Like, none of it is, has ever really sticks. You know what I mean? And Yeah. the thing that really stuck, I feel – was her lifestyle blog that she had to stop having because yeah. she became royal. And, and like she loves – she likes writing and she likes like pushing her lifestyle. I think – I feel like her thing is not acting. It's not humanitarianism. It's lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. And I also think like, you know, when you're saying what is it about her that
2: wants to – like be so showy with her money or, or put it out there that she can afford these necklaces or whatever. You know, we talked about this, uh, you know, in a few pods ago where it's like Libra moons on the one hand can spend a lot of time trying to, you know, like, m- you know, defend her father or like make her parents' relationship seem better than it was or just to kind mm. of be that like bridge between difficult, you know, energies like parents or whatever. But I think now when she's trying to like When she's playing for balance, she is – it's like if the royals, like if Kate Middleton is wearing Ann Taylor, she's going to do the opposite. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of like her way of balancing the scales at this moment is to actually be the exact opposite. It's not just to be like make nice, make pretty, like, oh, like Kate's cute, but it's like – Oh, you think, you think the royals are going to be this? I'm going to be this. Because in her mind, that's actually balancing the scales. And she has so much Leo in her chart. She really does feel regal. Like, whether or not she is a royal, right. But like, in order to be a successful lifestyle blogger in general, you have to be living in a way that is... Um, aspirational you know, that's aspirational yeah exactly right so like I think she's sort of going okay low-key the royal lifestyle is not aspirational not only are they cheap they don't care about people they're all just like white like low-key racist but they don't even like nice shit they have all the money in the world and they don't like nice shit I think she's going hard other way
1: yeah but this is what confuses me is like when she speaks, you don't get that sense of rebellion. When she speaks, she comes across very docile and calm and placid and like like an actual Disney princess, but like the old kinds before feminism.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. you know, she's very like Ariel. But she, I think it's, she's
1: not Frozen. She's Cinderella, you know? Right. like
2: Yeah. So what's I think, that? I think that is a part. You know, her Mars is in Cancer. Her Venus is in Uh, Virgo, I think that she knows like to play the docile feminine, and so I think when she presents, she's like, "I'll use this voice
1: and I'll be so chill," because I think the other side of her is like, "Harry, get fucking real." I just wish that she would be real. That's my big issue with her. Like ever since the beginning, I'm like, you know, everything feels very PR produced. Everything feels very curated. And then, like, in the, in the interview of their engagement saying, I didn't know who he was. Like, no, yes, you did. You did. We all knew. We all knew. You were an international studies major. Like, you knew mm-hmm. Oh, I about,
2: never to be, I've never heard of the royals. What yeah.
1: Who's Harry? Um, I but- want her to be real. Because, like, for instance, there's, like, there's um, pictures of her before she met him at events, partying, having fun, laughing, socializing there's like these hidden camera pictures of them at a wedding that the paparazzi took she is like splayed out she looks like the life of the party because yeah she i think she's know-
2: probably pretty fun behind closed doors yes
1: she doesn't know there's a camera on her yeah and but- i'm just like can you be that person like why are you being this person you're not real Like michelle obama is not that like michelle no. and barack obama are their idols and bill and hillary clinton which is crazy idols to have like michelle and barack obviously better plan but Like, Michelle Obama, when she speaks, you're like, she's not lying to me. Like she's
2: so real. She's so awesomely
1: real. Right. And it's like, yeah, she's not going to talk about the drone strikes of the wedding parties. Right, Right. But, like, she's being so real otherwise that we are like, that's fine. You know? Like and that's the thing with Megan i just i feel i feel like she she seemed way more real than she has in the past in this birthday video i will say that she was fun she was laughing she was joking around it this was a great great pr per, performance for her
2: i think that she probably got my this is a you know hot take just my opinion i think that the whole experience at buckingham palace I think she was shook after that not because it was like so bad or so good or whatever but I think that she decided there and then like oh I'm gonna be like even that Oprah interview right like she was she was spilling some hot tea if you will but she did it in such a calm and stated way I think that this is like it is a strategy but I think that she I don't think she's ever going to be comfortable again just being like loosey-goosey with her feelings because of how much they couldn't have cared less about her experience. I think she's going to go full the other way with it and give them nothing to... If she's going to spill hot tea about them, it's going to be with Oprah in a very muted, respectable way. Like, I don't think that she's ever going to be like hot hot bitch megan out there anymore she's a mother now She's the mother of a little bit diana she is going to even if she's doing a big like low-key fuck you to the palace by by you know by being sponsored or wearing merch or getting hollywood glammed up for things i think at the end of the day libra moon she is an actor she can play both sides pretty fucking easily and i think she's making a hard choice to just be super likeable and soft and pg because she doesn't want to give them anything to say about her.
1: Yeah, she's been doing a really good job like sort of letting Harry be the bad guy, the bad yep. cop for the last 6 months or so because yep. you know, I that's why I think I think it is too easy to say oh behind the scenes she's controlling everything. I think that he is I think he always wanted out and he sort of used her as an excuse to get out. And it sort of backfired on her more than anything because Well that is so what always
2: happens though, right? Like it's always the woman who gets fucking shit on for for, and used in that way. I mean
1: Yeah, everyone thinks she's Yoko now and Yoko's not even Yoko. uh you know, like, Yoko's not even Yoko. The the Beatles right. hated each other by the time John Lennon started dating Yoko. Like, right. Ringo Starr walked out of a fucking recording session. It has nothing to do with Yoko. Right, but it's, like, so much
2: easier to blame Yoko. Like, we don't want to believe that, like, the, the boys didn't get along and they, that, that they had anything wrong with them, right? It's so much easier to trash the woman or trash the relationship. And I do think that, like... You know, I think she'd be happy to be Yoko here. I think she's getting the... I think she's actually coming out on top of this whole thing. Like, at the end of the day, would you rather be Kate
1: or Megan? Um, wow. That's a tough question. Mm -hmm. Now, Kate is a Capricorn like me. I honestly might rather be Kate. See, and I would much rather be Megan. Yeah. See, the thing is... Well, that's because, okay, this is going to sound bitchy, but you have talent for producing and creating content. And like Megan and Harry, their lives hinge now. Their their ability to pay their mortgage hinges on the Spotify, Netflix, and book deals. The book is going to sell like crazy. The book Mm -hmm. is going to sell like like nothing we've seen before. But the the Spotify deal, they released one sort of half-assed podcast at Christmas and nothing else uh the the netflix we have seen nothing yet obviously tv takes a long time to produce the thing is like i if i have if i had the talent to have their where they're at and have that access then yes i would rather be them but also if i just want a comfy life of wearing beautiful dresses and having beautiful kids and like Being in the European upper crustiness, I think, I don't know. Because I do think that if Kate really was dying to do something creatively, she could. She's a photographer. She takes a lot of different photos that the royal family releases. Like, she's not as much in a cage as people say she is, you know? Yeah,
2: but I do think, like, I mean, I don't know. I watched The Crown. You know, like I, it it burned in my mind in that, in that, like in the first few episodes where the grandmother's having the talk with young Elizabeth, who's taking the throne. And she's like, your job as queen is to not have an opinion. Your job as queen is to stay mum on all subjects and just be this like ice cold figurehead. And I feel like that for me would be way too much pressure. Like I, want to spout out off the mouth like i want to be able to like i think megan has actually created a pretty good deal for herself where like everybody's interested and like look but megan doesn't spout out the mouth either because maybe the talent but like this video is great because melissa mccarthy is great megan is playing a great bert to megan's ernie but low-key it's megan that makes this i mean it's it's melissa mccarthy that makes this video great not megan megan's just playing a good no melissa no melissa like she's taking the it like, okay, if she has the big Netflix deal and she can't fill the the content, those 40 celebrities that are going to talk for 40 minutes to some, you know, Joe Schmo mom bomb, they're going to be able to help her create the airtime that is going to sell content. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like that's a way better position to be in and to not be owned by the, the monarchy is very but- free, I think.
1: But listen, I think that she and Harry have painted themselves into the same corner that William and Kate are in.
2: Well, that's the irony, right? That, like, whatever you're trying to avoid is low-key what you always create. But but, Yeah, they they
1: can't do anything controversial. They can't go out there and be like, oh, I'm going to talk about the opiate crisis. Because they're going to need – like, if they want to keep this level of income, they need all of the – the deep state powers that be to be on their side. Like that's why I think her performance is act. This is
2: the best acting role of her life. Like being the American Duchess of Sussex in LA. Like I think she is playing this part to a T. I think that we're seeing her acting skills way more than we are. She does have so much Leo in her chart. Like she could be way more, uh, demonstrative way less understated than she like she's acting so understated and like if loki she's getting like fucking merch deals under the table and you know getting sponsorship deals but still behaving in a way that is respectable and light i don't know i think she's playing the part to a T, and we're actually seeing some of the best acting that we've seen from her yet
1: but like i said that's exactly what kate does kate gets Like, yeah, she's not in.
2: Kate is like not allowed to even speak. I mean, I don't know. Kate wanted to be creative. I don't know. I think that they're like, why would you be creative? You're just a figurehead.
1: Shut up and be pretty. Kate's been on the cover of Vogue. She has guest edited like magazines and stuff. She doesn't want to do more stuff because that's her personality. She's playing the long game. Now, here's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I sort of mentioned this on Royally US like last week or the week before, but I think that the reason why the royal family doesn't really take much legal action against the press and is kind of horrified that Meghan and Harry do is because they genuinely feel that like the press is the hoi polloi and that all the people who are obsessed with what they wear and what they do none of that matters because they're the royal family and i think yeah. that that's where Meghan and Harry could never get they were missing that chip and, I agree. and- and the thing is, like, behind closed doors, I think the royal family, I mean, they get wasted. They they have a good time. They party. Nice to know. They all party. Like, they have fun. And they have their aristocratic circles that keep their mouths shut. Right. And they're not, like, tortured and sad. Like, they are actually, like, living it up, I think, behind closed doors. And I think Meghan and Harry's biggest issue was just being so thin-skinned about what The little people are saying, like, I think you have to be a little bit elitist to survive it because you have to say to yourself, oh, the Daily Express thinks I gained five pounds. Who fucking cares? Look at them. I'm a fucking princess. Who gives a shit? Like, that's the attitude that you have to have. And I think that that's the attitude William and Kate have. I'm sure stuff still bothers them a little, but like, I think that sort of steely demeanor is what helps them sort of get through it, you know? But I think
2: for them it's worth it because they are the next in line to the throne. Whereas I think Harry and Meghan both have this little chip on their shoulder. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if Meghan chose Hollywood over the UN, you know that she cares about fame. You know Mm -hmm. that she cares about prestige. You know that she cares about being someone, like she wants people to talk about her. She wants that kind of attention. And so does Harry. So I think for them, this is the right move
1: yeah and she wants people to love her that's the difference between her and kate kate wants to be at the top of the aristocratic anthill she wants to have that she her family for years and years and years generations thought that they weren't shit and now she's got a shot at the title and that's all that matters and megan wants everyone to love her and like never everyone's not gonna love you but it's so it's so the ideologies
2: of like the uk versus the united states right like if Meghan was raised in the UK, it might be a different story. Like, for Meghan, she never even thought of having a life where she was just, like, prestigious and silent. Right? To her, that
1: doesn't fucking exist. You did think so about think- that. She wanted to be in, like, diplomacy. That was her... When well, um- she a minute, and then she bailed, and she's like, I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, that's what I don't understand about her. Like, I don't understand why she worked so hard to become an actor, finally got a good role and bounced as soon as she got engaged. I because don't this is get the acting way. role of her life. That's why, because she right. is an actor. That's the thing. Like she just wants everyone to like love her. That's really what it is. And, and I don't- The thing is
2: like she wants her name in tabloids. I actually think before she was a royal with any of this drama, she was probably splayed out at parties being like, somebody photograph me. Does anybody watch Suits? Doesn't anybody- It's like nobody watches Suits. Nobody yeah, watches yeah. Suits.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. And I think that's an issue. Like, it's she's not focusing on any sort of craft or, no. like, workload. I mean, yeah, she's got the charity stuff, but a lot of that is, like, photo ops. And, no, and I that, think well, at the end of the day, she is an actor in Hollywood,
2: and she is acting now for all of us and doing maybe the best job of her life. And maybe she's not going to get credit for that. They're not going to be like, oh, Megan, she's so phony on camera. I think that she's satisfied, though, because she's... No, I think she gives a big shit about the little people she gets. You don't have a lifestyle blog if you don't want the little people clicking. Right. It's for the little people. So I think that she, I think that she in a way like, yeah, I think Harry was like, ooh, someone totally different who could set me free from this prison that I'm born into. And she was like, fuck, yeah, I can. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, she wants the adoration of the pride. She's a Leo. She's a lion. She wants everyone to be like, oh my God, you're amazing. We couldn't live without you. Megan, where did you get that necklace? Post a link. That's who she is. She is a lifestyle blogger. And then Kate's the Capricorn who's like, I don't care what the framework is, but I'm getting to the top of it. Yup. And she would rather do less work and have more prestige than anything. And she's doing it. And they're both sort of amoral in a way. Tell me why. Because neither of them is actually helping the little guy.
2: 100%. Well, that's the whole issue with the monarchy in general, though. Like, isn't that sort of the criticism that they're all doing these, like, sort of, like, press trips to, like, Africa and to, like, the
1: islands and they're pretending to care. And low-key, they're just doing photo ops. Well, Kate's big thing is early childhood. And, Mm. like, that's really sweet and really nice. And she's doing this big study now. She's, she's like, it's a really big project and it's helpful. But then you have... And and I don't doubt that she cares about it. Like, she's got three kids. She's probably like, I think she cares deeply about it. Sure. But the thing is, those kids are her future subjects.
2: Right. She's, right.
1: she's like raising them to love her. Like she's not gonna be queen until all of these kids are adults. You know what I mean? So totally.
2: Like right. she's like low-key planting seeds. She's really, you know, you're right. She's really playing a long game here.
1: Yeah, all the kids that she gets little pictures with are going to, when whenever she and William are on the throne and they're like 25, they're going to be like, I met her when I was a baby. Right, they're all framed in their home somewhere. Right, so it's ultimately self-serving. And then with Meghan, like, like you said, if Meghan actually cared about the little people, I'm sure she cares about her causes. But if she really wanted to make a difference... It was, no. the, the sixteen bathrooms, the money paying for that would
2: be going to something else. No, no, I think that Megan cares about being the other version of a royal, which is in Hollywood, in America, getting tons of attention, working with celebrities, and and fucking getting sponsored merch.
1: Yeah, and being perceived as like sort of better than everybody, which yep. I'm. That's it's just a Leo thing. It's just like a yep. Leo thing, and yep. yeah. So I think they actually do have a lot in common because they do both care deeply about being at the top of the heap, but for completely different reasons. And one is not better than the other. I agree. We've cracked it. Um, Another really funny thing about Megan's birthday was looking at, this is one of my favorite things to do is read behind the lines of the Royals birthday shout outs to each other. Oh yes. What do we got? So (laughs) she did not get main grid on William and Kate. they said happy 40th birthday megan in their instagram story and they did not sign it from will and kate it just said happy 40th birthday megan and it was a photo from like the australian tour which was like three years ago and it's so funny to me because like they're just gonna be using the same photos from the 18 months (laughs) that megan was in the royal family until like forever like it's gonna like 10 years from now it's gonna be like a picture of them trooping the color in 2019 like happy birthday Megan if they're even still saying happy birthday
2: right? Like they don't even want to acknowledge this new phase of her life at all
1: right and like even with Archie it's gonna be all baby photos it's gonna be all baby photos from Getty Images they're gonna have this to log so into funny. Getty Images and download a baby photo of him and be like happy 15th birthday
2: right like Loki, they're never gonna fucking see that kid
1: again what is this Lionsgate thing? Is now a good time for you to explain this?
2: Sure. I mean, you know, some might say that the Lionsgate is the luckiest day of the year. And sometimes it's not on so basically between like eight five and eight twelve, it's the Lionsgate. And it's when we are closest to the stargate of the Regulus, which is the Leo, the Lion's star Gate stargate. It's a star system. So if you have a lot of Leo in your chart, you might be a Regulus star seed.
1: Regulus and means king in
2: Latin. Learning. Okay, so that's the thing. So it's sort of this like royal moment where we're all like, you know, we're very close to the sun and we can sort of all take a minute to walk through into the next portal of our timelines, if we so choose. So this Moon Yule on Sunday, you're going to want to come because it is a new moon Lionsgate portal, 8-8 Lionsgate. The rhyme is everything. And it's a chance for us all to kind of set new intentions that are going to jump us into like quantum alternate universe timelines for our lives. And what's really kind of wild about wait, this wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 Okay.
2: I, yeah, I said it. I said it. The
1: portal. Is it like when they open the fridge in Ghostbusters? <laughs> And what is in there magic and mystery and wonder and the
2: possibility of timelines just like adjusting to be exactly what we need them to be. What? What? Okay. Yeah. Like, so for example, like if, like if on this Lionsgate portal, we make a, we make an, um, you know, an intention and we're like, we are going to be the biggest astrology store online, right? And we set that intention and we write it on bay leaves and we have all the magicians coming to walk us through this, this event on. The- write it on a bay leaf. There's going to be so much magic and mystery and wonder. I can't even try to explain it now because you really have to come because unless you know the the witchy, you know, I, I can't, I can't get into the details of the witchcraft because it's why you come to the moon, you okay. But yeah, we're going to do some witchy ass shit. We're going to call in all the things we want. And what's really kind of wild about this Lionsgate portal as opposed to others is that it's going to be exactly square Uranus lifestyles of the rich in Uranus and Uranus is this planet that is like it can fucking like like it's like you know lightning bolt from Zeus from God from from outer space going oh you want that okay we might create a, a creative challenge or we could we could send something down that just boom changes everything and turns that wheel into the next timeline and so we could be I don't know like if this time next week, you guys are hearing from us and we are thanking you all for buying our merch, it will be because we set that intention at the eight eight lines gate okay
1: um, I still don't really get it, but I guess I'll get it at the moon Yule.
2: get at the moonol because we can't you know i I can't get into the into the weeds here, but really it's it's sort of like a, a a manifestation portal, right, and so it's when we're all kind of connected to our royal ancestry, wherever Leo is in your chart, there are these royal points of contact to the star seeds and we get to go oh in, when I'm really feeling my divinity and I'm feeling my divine connection to the cosmos and I'm feeling my divine connection to like the royalty and the other dimension that I am what do I want and so this weekend whether you come to the moon rule or not get super clear about what you want to call in you know, in this, if, 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 if it was like, if 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 God, if the angels, if universe, if source could just plop down and give you some gifts that would make your life feel a little bit more regal or feel a little bit more luxurious or taken care of or wealthy, what is it that you want?
1: Okay, cool. And also I'm going to be giving my presentation on Lilith and Leo, which is, involves Marilyn Monroe, Pablo Picasso, and your girl, me. Hey, Heyo! JFK, what all of us have in common besides being hotties. Fame
2: whores. That's the thing, right? Lionsgate is a place to go, hey, if I want fame, I'm calling it in now. If I want success, if I'm gonna write a bestseller, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim it now. It's a time to claim when you open that Ghostbuster fridge, it's basically like all the all the riches of all the potential timelines that we could go down for the rest of the year. And it's like basically choosing which milk or which eggs are actually going to bring us that abundance that we so desire. And it's a very magical weekend, you know, heads up, magic,
1: magic ahead. What should we be like journaling and doing in the lead up to the lion's gate? What a great question. I mean, I think from, okay, so it's Wednesday,
2: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, will be leading up. Right. And so we kind of want to take some time. It is the dark moon phase. We want to take some time to really do some releasing work around whatever mental blocks we have around abundance, right? So if you're like, yeah, but that's not for me. Or like, mm. yeah, but but journalists don't make any money. Or, you know, even, even Megan's 40-40. Like, in a way, if she does it all this weekend, if she could have these conversations with women who are feeling down on their luck or low- and even just talking to a celebrity brings them into the feeling of like the higher vibration of what's possible. That's what we want. So we want to get super clear for the next, you know, for the next few days on like where it is that we're blocking ourselves from higher love. Where are we blocking ourselves from abundance? Where are we? You And it, thoughts really create things. I know it sounds cuckoo, you guys, but it's like if you're walking around thinking, well, I'm not pretty enough for this or I'm not rich enough for this or no one in my position ever gets fill in the blank it will be so. So you want to get super clear about what stories you're telling yourself and what feels like it's against you or what feels like it's keeping you small or holding you down. And I think if you could shift the language in any way, instead of it being like, why is this happening to me? Or why has all this shit happened to me? Or why am I just in this fucked up position? If you can think of it not happening to you or or near you or around you, but if you think of it happening for you, right? So if you're like, wow, all these things I've experienced are happening for me and all of this perceived lack is happening for me. And if you can just flip the script and make it an abundance thing, you will call in abundance.
1: Okay, so my issue with abundance is I feel that nothing I do is worth good money. And I think that that stems from, I've been working since I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. My first job was raking the beach at 7 a.m. Wow. And I got paid less than a minimum wage because it was seasonal labor. I got paid five fifteen an hour, and not like enough. not enough. I came home to my parents, and I was like, I woke up at six a.m. every day this week and did manual labor for in the morning, and the paycheck that I got is thirty seven dollars.
0: And I my parents
1: it. and my parents were like, Yeah, that's <laughs> what you get. Like, that's what it is, so get right. used to it. Right. <laughs> so, like, wh- how do I change that script? How do I change that script to, like, no, I shouldn't have been doing that job because that's fucking inhumane. No one should be doing it that I think of it that.
2: almost, like, the same way that, like, comedians think of open mics, right? Which is, like, wow, I'm just, like, doing this work for free out there for five minutes of stage time for people that are eating dinner and upset that I'm here. But then you get some big hit and it's, like, oh – it's, I would think of it more like you've been filling your coffers. Like you have done your time. You have done a norm, an enormous amount of work, whether it's labor or journalism or talking into a mic or whatever. And now it's almost like um, – I wouldn't think of, I would think of it less like the paycheck that was from that shitty work. And then the shitty paycheck as like something in a vacuum. I would think of it as like a cumulative thing. Like if you were to look back on your life and go, how much work have I done? And you go, wow, I've done a huge amount of work. So instead of trying to figure out like, well, how will this equal dollars? Don't worry about the how the universe will swoop in with answers that you could never even conceive of. Right. But it's like, no, like if you're like, wow, I've done it. Not only do I know that I am capable of waking up at six in the morning and doing this menial labor, but it's kind of like you have been putting your effort into like a spiritual bank account somewhere. And if you can just see, like, it doesn't matter what the paycheck was for each individual thing. I've been doing a ton of good work that that reaches people or that helps people or that helps the beachgoers not have needles or condoms on the beach. Then I am so open to being rewarded for it, universe. I get it. I've been doing tons of work and it's not about the $37 paycheck that I got when I was 15. It's about the cumulative amount of work that you've done up until this point and you are just open to being rewarded for it. And that, then you can go, wow, I do, just just shifting the thought into like, I deserve, because the truth is, even at that time, you deserved more money for that. Nobody wants someone to walk the beach and rake the beach at six in the morning.
1: Yeah, I was, like a human, over. I was like a human Zamboni. They could have ah! done it. They could have got one of those sand zambonis but they didn't because they were Do like they have sand zambonis sand yeah, most towns don't have people doing that job most towns have like a truck that does it but in my town they said no this is a good job for the kid local kids to have which <laughs> also made me feel like oh they're doing me a favor by letting me be the fucking zamboni of condoms you oh know my God. <laughs> but this is the, the the script that that set up in my head is like no, no one owes me a job. Anyone who gives me a job is doing me a favor. Uh, I don't deserve more than below minimum wage. Right. And then that led to nothing. Like I, I actually got fired from that job because <laughs> I was sleeping on the bench. And so like, I got a better job, but it still like, wasn't that good. You know what I mean? It yeah, It's like, know. in a way, like, okay, like, look, what what gig did you have last
2: week? You were doing script supervising on a, on a film. It's like the fact that you even had the practice of waking up at six in the morning to do that bullshit job prepared you for this bullshit job. And you got paid a little more this time. It's like everything that has happened is not like this was the job and this is what I got paid. It's actually like over the course of your life, if you can be with the amount of work that you've done. And especially if you're like, and I wasn't even compensated fairly for it. It's not, and I will never be. It's so I'm, it must be coming. You got to flip it to like, that wasn't right. But I do believe in like the rightness of the universe. And therefore, what do you have in store for me, Lionsgate Portal? I acknowledge how much work I have done and how much, how little I have asked for. Up until this point, now if you could just be like, I'm ready, I want abundance, I want more, and look at my track record of work and not asking for anything, there's a chance you'll be rewarded.
1: The only thing I really want is to be able to fly first class every time I fly.
2: Boom, call it in. And now your homework is to journal. What are the things that are stopping me from flying first class? Perhaps it's the money in the bank. Perhaps it's like this perception that there's no money left. Like whatever you have is only what you have, which isn't true, right? If anybody's like stuck on their ideology about like, but that's not what I have or like that's not how it works or that's not been my experience. You want to ask yourself, but is it? factually true right because in general I don't know if anybody out there has been a beach raker early in the morning were you getting paid five dollars if there's even one other person on planet earth who got paid seven dollars instead of five dollars then your experience isn't true it's just your experience that's in a vacuum that is the experience you had so it felt true but it's not true that all beach rakers get zero dollars or $37 at the end of the week. And in fact, I bet you that we could find some beach raking kids who have been asleep on mad benches and they had a different supervisor who was way more chill. Right. So it's like, it's not a fact that that's just how it goes. It's how it's gone for you. But if you can go, you know what, these aren't facts. It's not a fact that I can't fly first class. It's just, it's just, it's how i've been interpreting my experience. You know what? I dare you to fucking book first class for your Greece trip, even if it feels scary, but in the name of i know that more money is coming to me. That's actually the vibration you want to be in. If it's just i want to fly first class, I bet you you could do it and you're going to be keep you're going to keep getting opportunities to have that happen over and over and over again because that then is the vibration that you're flying in and it's just what you expect from an aircraft. Now you're like, "No, I only sit in the front few and it comes with booze."
1: Yeah, maybe I'll try that. I'm definitely I'm definitely going to fly first class on my honeymoon. That I know. Yeah,
2: fabulous. Let that be the portal that just takes you into the next dimension where all you do is fly first class because it's actually just the thing is like our life always matches our expectation right so if the expectation is no I can't fly first class I'm a beach raker and I only get paid $37 a week obviously it doesn't seem possible but even if you overdraft on that over on that first class ticket if in your body and in your mind and in your soul you're like yeah but this is where I sit on the plane this is where I sit then it will be where you sit, and the universe will be like, "Oh, she's ready to sit first class." Okay, yeah, let's give her a little bit more money for raking that goddamn beach.
1: But I've always wanted more money, but I guess I never thought I deserved it. That's it. Right. my mom gotta- would always be like, "You have champagne taste on a beer budget," and I was like, "No, so but why?" Do you have a beer
2: budget. This is the thing, right? Before you actually have champagne money, you got to be like, "I drink champagne." It's not about like, you have this, you have that, or you deserve this, or you deserve that. It's, if, you, if you're if you in the energy of, I want more money, then you're never going to get out of the energy of, I want more money because everything is what it is. So even if you make more money, it's never going to be enough because the script in your head is, I want more money. If instead of it's like, I have more than enough money. I am abundant. I have, I am flying first class. I am eating expensive margarita pizza and I am drinking nothing but champagne if, if you actually just make that your reality, the universe will swoop in with more than enough money and resources and abundance to get you there because the, the script in our head is always what's being played out in real time. So if we're like, I just always want more money. Well, if you always want more money, then no matter how much money you have, it's never going to be enough money, right? But if you're like, I have enough money, then you're always going to have enough money.
1: Whoa, 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 Okay, Checked okay, up. okay. Up. Yeah. Now, all right. I have, I have a couple questions for you. Can I say I want to always fly first class and I want to lose six pounds? Yes, except it can't be like
2: I want to – I wouldn't go I always want to lose. Because then it's like you're going to just keep losing another six pounds. I would be like I always fly first class and I weigh – boom. And I would just call that your weight. And I would pick the weight. And then if you're more or less, you go, oh, I'm that plus or minus, whatever. But it's like – I only fly first class. I remain at this weight until the day I die, and I, you know what I mean, like, and whatever else that you want. It's it's, it, manifestation work is all about putting it into like the present tense and really being in the energy of that being true,
1: and it will be true. Okay. Second question: Would you make your kids work minimum wage jobs? Never. Why? Did you? No. Did you work as a teen? I did work as a teen, but, um,
2: I did it in ways that were really like, so I was like a hostess at the cool restaurant, you know, I, I worked as a teen, but it was always in situations where I got to like do my thing. Right. Like
1: your thing was not manual. Your thing was not manual labor,
2: not manual labor. It was basically talking. So like any experience, any job that I ever had was always related to, you know, like I worked at like a, I was like an intern at a at a film production company. I was an intern at a film distribution company. I was the hostess at the cool restaurant. Like it was all about like working, but it was so that I could kind of, in my mind, it was like, so that I could practice doing my
1: thing, which was just like entertaining the people. So what did your parents tell you about work and money when you were a teenager? Um, they sort of didn't. I mean, I grew up thinking that I
2: was rich and actually they were lying to me also, but it was in the other way, which is like, don't worry, get the Burberry jacket, just sneak it upstairs. Don't let dad see it. Right. And I always thought it was because dad was like sticking in the mud and low key it was because dad actually knew that we didn't have money in the bank. Right. But like, <laughs> it, I never had to work. It was never like work for money. It was like work because it's fun, like work because you want to do something work because you're talented. Like there was never like work as a punishment thing
1: mine was work mine was like you are sentenced to toil until the <laughs> day you die and it's never going to be fair and don't have dreams because yeah my
2: parents were like you're too funny to not be out there serving the people with your good ones you know like I, it was like i worked at like the coolest restaurant like people used to not mind waiting in the really long line to wait for tables at Raymond's because like they would call me Motormath Mabel. And I was just out there doing my thing. I was sneaking people muffins. I was like, you know, I-, I was working the crowd at an early age. Cause they were like, Oh, she's good at that. And it gives her, they were like work because it gives you life like work because it's fun work because you got to be out there like fucking doing your. I mean, even as a kid, like I was like, you know, mayor, mayor of Montclair. I was like the president. I was in the play. Like every day of my life has been work, but it's all been work because I was talented. It wasn't like you have to work.
1: Yeah, I did hostess, and it was my favorite job as well. It was so such fun. a fun job.
2: I would do it um, now.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. Like when I was working at um the first newspaper I ever worked at, I actually like quit and just started waitressing, and then I just got offered another journalism job, and I was like, "Well, fuck, I guess I got to do it." But so, <laughs> how old were you when you started? Because I had to go into my grammar school, my eighth grade grammar school, and get working papers from them. Like oh I was a fucking. God, like I was Oliver Twist. Like, <laughs> can you like? I want to talk to my parents about this next time I see them, and just be like, "What were you guys doing?" And get him on the who, pod, get it, confront get him on the pod. Guess who never had to rake the beach?
2: No, not Casey. Don't say Casey.
1: Casey Molshine never had <laughs> to rake the beach. Well diva. She worked at Mike Subs, which was, like, the cool place to work. And then she worked on a pirate ship. She was a pirate doing children's oh. birthdays. Oh, my God. I love that for
2: her. That's hilarious. Yeah. So uh, – what did they call her? Were they like, Casey, you're nothing but a pirate. Get out there. Arg.
1: Yeah, so pretty- yeah, it was just like, Casey, what do you want to do? Right. Oh, cool. Right. Do it. Also, like I was a bit of a nudge. I had a chip on my shoulder for sure in middle school and high school for lots of different like personal reasons. I just, I I was a little bit, um, I wouldn't say miserable, but definitely like anti-establishment, anti-my town. I was like, these people are all idiots. I'm smarter than all of them. So like no one wanted to give me the cool kid job. They were like-
2: Like if you grew up with Molly, we don't mean you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like Casey is just, Casey's delightful to everyone. So everyone wants to give her a job. Uh, I I feel like I'm more delightful now. People give me lots of good good work now. Like I don't even have to really look for it. It just, it finds me because like I'm 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 less I'm just like happier now. But anyway, my next question After that good dick does you guys. Sorry. Well, good antidepressants. <laughs> good something. <laughs> good something. Uh, exercise and good dick and antidepressants. So that's
2: the recipe for success, folks
1: yeah it really so, is actually i know honestly it if actually thinking- is
2: the recipe for happiness antidepressants of a, a hot fiance and uh and antidepressant uh, and, and exercise that really peloton. is like the secret sauce
1: the peloton i yeah. recommend it If you're thinking about a peloton and if you're thinking about going on ssris do them both together you do will be both. happier than you've ever been you'll get okay. a boyfriend and then you'll actually have
2: all the work coming to you that you need
1: You'll get a boyfriend once you get on the antidepressants right. and the Peloton because you'll be glowing. I don't this know why. Work. Nick like Yeah, Nick likes me before both. I, probably because he's a Scorpio and he was like, ooh, I can tell that she's plumbing the depths. <laughs> and I can, I can meet her. He like her darkness. Yeah, he was like, I can meet her down in hell and get her <laughs> drunk and then we can go to heaven.
2: I love that. Well, he was here looking for you. We, we established that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And for some reason, he really likes me, which I am so – I can't even understand. So like my wife. Yeah. my he, he really did say that. He says my wife, Borat voice uh, every day. Love. So my, my final question before we move on to our next celeb story is if you have kids, which I know you don't want to because you already have a thousand kids. You're, you're all re- my children. Yeah, you're the cancer mommy. But hypothetically, if you were to have children and you were rich enough to afford first class seats – would you let the kids sit in first class or would you make them sit in coach so that they can like develop a work ethic and like appreciate things?
2: Well, I would never do anything. Like, I don't think that I would make them sit in coach to develop a work ethic or to be normal. But I do think that like, for me, I don't mind it. Like, I'm never like, I want to fly first class. But like, if I had money and my kids had money, I would... Let them enjoy it. I mean, I would definitely want them to be normal in whatever way. So I would, I would definitely like, you know, knock them down to size where they needed to be knocked down to size. But I definitely wouldn't, I'm not like punitive at all. And I'm not like, I don't think I would, like, I think in all cases, I would just ask, like, what would be the most, um, Comfortable, or like, what would be the like if I have kids that they're little fuckheads? I don't want them in first class because I don't want them to annoy the other people. Like, until a kid is a certain age, they I don't even know if I would be that fun in first class. I got the neighbors asking me to shut the fuck up constantly. Even now, I don't totally trust myself in first class only because I'm so unruly, you know? Like, so I think it to me would be like, where can the kids be the most kids? I think I would always make the choice of like, where can you fully express yourself? And I think to me, that is what my like. And maybe I'll have kids like when I am wealthy enough and maybe I'll have one that just travels the world with me or something. But like I feel like it's like it's always gonna be the choice of like what choices allow you to be the most you like. My parents framed me working as like, you gotta get out there, kid. Like you're too good to just stay home and just give us the gold. You know That's what I mean?
1: Awesome.
2: I would be so I would just be really encouraging of like what would be the most comfortable place for us to be so that they can become themselves. Would
1: I think. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, I feel like I have, well, I have sensory issues. I'm like basically on the spectrum. I can't handle, I can't handle like chewing noises. I can't handle people like moving near me. You know what I mean? So like, that's why like flights for me, I'm not afraid of the airport. I love the airport as a concept. I love flying as a concept. It's just the other people around me. Like, I can't handle crowds. So that's why first class. Right, whereas, like,
2: like, actually for me, like, I want to be among the people, like, just ripping it up. Like, I I love the crowd. Like, I'm, you know, give me the crowd. Give me the normies. I'll fucking make it fun.
1: I think this is my Taurus moon because I'm, like. Yes, yes, yes. If you come near me, I'm going to fucking bucking bronco you. I'm going to gore you through your ribs if you touch me in public. But right. if you leave me alone and I, I'm just lounging, I'm going to be the happiest like cow in the daisies.
2: Yes. That's yes. my and, I, like, and I'm like bringing extra string cheese for strangers. Yeah. Like I'm just walking around like I don't have money, but I can give you a string cheese.
1: What is that in you that makes you want to like not mind being in coach? Well, I think
2: it is a very Cancer Capricorn. Like I am like of the people and I'm a Gemini rising. I love talking to people. I love talking to strangers. Like, I think it's like, I like to mingle. I like to be kind of in the, and and I'm very like mommy. Like I do have big mommy energy, whether I'm a mommy or not. So I think a lot of times I like to be in uncomfortable situations and it's sort Mm. of, it's kind of like if you see a stand up set of mine, I never start with material. Like I dig myself in the hole first and then I get out. It's like, I think I like to, I think I, I think I am good in chaos. And I think in painful situations or in dark situations, I kind of get off on being like the light shower. So I don't mind being
1: in the dregs because I'm like, it's not so bad. You're the cancer that's digging into the sand and then coming up with food.
2: Yes. Yes. And I'm like, don't worry. I got you. I got the clippers. Like I'm going to protect us. I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make it all good. Like I hate when people are in pain, but if I can do something about it, I always will.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I love socializing and I love people. It really is just a personal space thing for me, and and the sensory thing. And I don't even think that's astrological. I think it's like my brain is broken. Like I, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a Taurus moon. You
2: do want space, and also you're a Pisces rising. So you, it's it's the sensory issues are not anything wrong with you. Like you're actually super empathic. Like you lead with empath. So like for me, I'm Gemini rising, so I can just like snap into whatever you need to be. I can snap into whatever you need me to be. Like, I can be whatever you need me to be. It's why I'm a good coach, because I can mirror really well. And I can always mirror, but then, like, make it brighter. Whereas I think for you, you're, like – I think like walking through the airport, you must be like, they're depressed. They're upset. That person's fighting with like, you're, you're yes. an empath in a way that is like actually, and you know, that's the whole thing with Pisces energy, right? Like it's sort of boundaryless. boundary like, yes, bliss. Really on- that space between you need to create that physical space between you and others so that you can actually be with yourself. The minute that there's too much energy in your space, you're like, like, Oh my God, am I them? Are they me? Like I'm in pain. Am I in pain? Or are they in pain? Like, for me it's like I can kind of have that like plexiglass up around me all the time. I'm sort of impenetrable in that way.
1: Yeah, I, I never I never have the plexiglass. Everyone's energy I am I'm picking up and I'm like what's going on? What's going on? They hate me. Like I right. like Casey would say to me whenever I really get like bent out of shape about someone chewing, she's like <laughs> she's like tune it out and I'm like I don't I don't know what that is. Well, that I do Casey and I are both very
2: Gemini. Casey and I both have a lot of Gemini where we can just be like, whatever, we chew too. Like, Casey, and I both have the pleasure of like not taking anything personally, like not like I take nothing personally. Like people can say fucked up things to me. People, so many people that have been close to me have been like, hey, like low key, I think they're bullying you. Like, I think so-and-so is bullying you. I think so-and-so is being mean to you. And I'm like, really? Like, I take nothing personally. I don't, I think it's also because my mother is a Gemini moon. And so she says such batshit crazy things. She's an Aquarius Gemini Leo. She says such crazy things to me and then says the opposite thing in the same sentence. But like, like, I sort of had in there
1: Putin, we talked, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, I, I know better than to, like, hear anything and take it at face value. Like, I always am reading between the lines. I, I, I don't take anything personally and I always do think I can make people feel better. So I sort of like the, like, to me, the, the that's why, like, like, I crushed in the hostess line because these miserable people waiting around the corner for brunch, I was like, we're going to make it fun. Like, people would be like, we don't mind the way Sarah's here. And I was like, yes, yes, my people, I'm here to serve you. That's awesome. Uh, okay, that's, that's all my questions about Lionsgate. If anybody has any questions about Lionsgate, we really encourage you to join us at the Moon on Sunday because we will be doing practical witchcraft and you can just jump on the Lionsgate portal with us and we will walk you through into, into your deepest desires and into your maximum abundance.
1: It's going to be a really good moon, you all. And I'm going to be tuning in from Nick's parents' house trying not to scream all night. Uh, I don't know where Nick is going to sleep. It's going to be... They're
2: going to be like, Molly, what are you wearing and what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, but, uh, we heard you scream.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery, soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: streaming until 2 a.m. on Sunday night. We um, have to pick up bay leaves for you. Why? Why do you do leaves? You're like, um, I'm actually doing practical magic? I'm doing witchcraft. Okay, let's talk about just one more quick royal thing because I find it interesting. This new show, The Prince, just premiered on HBO Max. It is an animated show uh, created by Gary Gennetti who has worked on Will and Grace, Family Guy, lots of different stuff. He's very well known for his... Instagram account it's so fucking funny it's very funny uh it also and I talked about this on Royally Us this week I don't know how he has gotten away with a lot of the things that he's done on there because it's like if if he was doing it as himself as an adult man he has posts where he's literally fat shaming Princess Charlotte
2: right 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 right,
1: and calling Camilla a horse and (laughs) And really nasty stuff to Meghan Markle as well. And he actually deleted a lot of them. I think last summer when all the BLM stuff was going on. I think when there was that big reckoning of where, like, it, it, everyone was like the skeletons were. It was like the and in Poltergeist when the Leave mom
2: post gate.
1: Yeah, remember when the mom jumps in the pool and Poltergeist and all the skeletons bubble up? Yes, that was like last summer with everybody's skeletons. So he. Yep. He deleted a whole bunch of posts. He knows that he's – he said stuff that's a little messed up. Uh, I think there, there are so many different layers to this that are really interesting. So the, the, the whole question of the ethics of making a show that lampoons an eight-year-old, you know, as a comic, I don't really fucking care. But as, like, just a human, I'm like – this kind of sucks for this kid. Like, this kid already has so much put on him. All three of those kids, like, do they really need this? Was it couldn't couldn't they have done it like just make up a fictional royal family? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I wanted to hate it for Although, the. Human- also, for people who don't know, he he portrays Prince George as very effeminate and flamboyant. And right. like, whenever he ends up at boarding school, like kids are gonna make fun of him for that so okay so, sorry yeah. say what you were gonna say
2: well it's like okay from the human side of it I do think it's pretty haterific like I would be furious if there was a cartoon version of my living breathing family and children on television but then when I started watching the clips damn dude it's so funny like it is so funny the whoever animated it Oh my, the animation is knock them out of the park great. So I mean, the Charles and Camilla look so good. The Harry with like the, the jaw. I mean, they nail it. And I mean, I guess it's sort of what we are talking about at the beginning a little bit, which is like, if the stance from the Royals is we don't care what anybody says about us we low-key are the fucking monarchy and we're going to do what we want and we don't pay attention to the people it's
1: beneath us it's literally beneath us yeah it's
2: like who the fuck cares a little bit now i do think like you know speculating about a child's sexuality is sort of uncool and i think it's it is a weird position to put him in that being said i think he's going to get made fun of either way and i think that like here's the thing, right? Gary Giannetti, why can he get away with all this? Number one, his sun, his moon, his Mars, and his Mercury are all in Aries on his midheaven. So he kind of is here to be that singular, I'm going for it voice. I think as a, as a funny ass gay guy in Hollywood, he probably spent a lot of his life also being, you know, shunned and shamed too, that when he finally like found his voice, you know, the whole thing with comedy is like, like, Don't punch down unless it's a really fucking good one. And, man, he's really funny. Like, it's like, no, it's not acceptable for open mic comics to just try shit out. I mean, I guess it is, but it's like, it's, it's more cringy the thing about Gary Giannetti is like a lot of the stuff that he's saying is genuinely so funny that -hmm. it's like even like I bet you that even George or or the, the royals if they saw it they might laugh at it right like my my rule with comedy is always like if the person that I'm talking about would hear the jokes and laugh we're good right so I think it is funny enough that he's gonna get away with it I just I I'm a little worried about the sexuality piece because I don't think that you can like gender or sexualized kids like i think it is fucked up to make prince george just like so effeminate and gay that being said i think there is something just sort of gay about the monarchy in general like it's all kind of gay not in a i'm not saying that in a a, it's not a negative gay but it is sort of like a very like prissy lifestyle it's been yeah and
1: yeah i guess you're i think you're overestimating people's sense of humor first of all because (laughs) maybe that's true we are in we are also in this topsy-turvy world where making fun of celebrities is no longer considered punching up right because they can talk about mental health now and literally all they have to do is say mental health and you're not allowed to talk about it anymore so this is a real issue that's gonna I think it's not gonna last forever because it just can't it's just ridiculous and I hold Megan and Harry like sort of they're they're sort of the baddies in this way like i don't think you will ever see i think william and kate i guess what i'm trying to say earlier is william and kate know their place in society they know where they're at in the firmament and they know they're the some of the most privileged people on the planet and they know that any shot across the bow at them is not going to touch them it doesn't matter you know prince charles survived tampon gate like they all know that they, they're they're actually untouchable for the most part. Meghan and Harry don't seem to understand that. And Meghan and Harry don't seem to understand that they are not one of the people. They are also at the highest echelons and they need to understand that the people who are talking shit about them have less power than them. But I think when you talk about punching up and punching down, the only time that money and status doesn't have the, isn't the final word on that is when you're talking about little kids.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of rude. And I guess the question that I would have is like Megan and Harry who, you know, we listen to the armchair expert podcast, whatever it is. And he's like really upset about the paparazzi chasing their kids or whatever. It's like, Why haven't they said anything about this? Like, it's interesting that the royal family does seem to have problems with so many
1: things. Why haven't they – why don't they have a problem with this? This is – brings me to my next point. So, first of all, if this was a show focusing on Archie, the lawsuits would already be flying. Right. Meghan and Harry are the most lawsuit-happy people in royal history. And second of all, playing Prince Harry is Orlando Bloom. Harry said on the Dax Shepard podcast that he and Orlando Bloom are like basically neighbors and they text each other all the time. So if that's still the case, then... Harry has kind of given his stamp of approval to this- 100 By dint of the fact that he's friendly with him. Maybe they're not friends anymore. Maybe Harry found out about this project and said, screw you. Yeah,
2: but, but we would know
1: that because Harry's so vocal
2: about all the problems he has with everything. So I think it's right. pretty clear that they don't have a problem with this.
1: Which is very hypocritical to me because like I said, if this was focusing on one of their kids- they would be out like kicking and screaming. So well, and like, in a way, it's how
2: are they going to avoid it? I mean, if this show gets another season and, you know, Harry and Megan are characters in the show, how are their kids going to not be in the show
1: that apparently so Joe was saying on Royal Us that they are in like there is a moment with Archie in it, um, but he's not like a central character. And I feel like that probably is because they know that they can't get away with that and he said that Megan is portrayed as just a really flawless sort of character. Which they so know- they don't
2: mind. They don't mind their portrayals. So they're like, okay, this is cool for now. Because they're laughing at themselves.
1: It's good PR for them. But Harry is portrayed as a total idiot, which I'm sure he doesn't like. I think the only reason they're portraying Megan and Archie in a good light is because they know that people will flip out and boycott if they don't. Because, like, Gary Gennetti... He was getting away with material on his Instagram that me and you could never that we were, that get we away with. So,
2: like, definitely low
1: blows. Low, low, yeah. low. Like, unbelievable, jaw-dropping every time. It was, it was good comedy. It was very good comedy. It was comedy. fucking funny, though. But that's the thing. It's
2: like, it is funny. Like, you can get away with a lot if you're actually fucking funny.
1: And if you're... Sort of flying under the radar and just an Instagram account. And now that it's moved to HBO Max, a lot of cleaning up has gone on. Yeah. He's cleaned up his Instagram. You can't yep. even find the shit. You can't even find the, the fat shaming of Princess Charlotte posts are gone. Um, the, the stuff where he would talk about how much he hates Megan is gone. Like, so – You know, it's gotten more mainstream, the show, so they had to make it more acceptable from this, like, neo lib standpoint of you're not allowed to criticize anyone who's not a white cis person, you know? I just want to know, like, legally, though, like, same with The Crown. How can you make television about
2: people that are alive today without being sued? Like, why is that okay? If
1: it's a public figure, you're allowed to satirize and you're always allowed to satirize. And especially if it's a public figure and the only way that you could really get sued, like Amanda Knox can't sue Matt Damon for basing a story on her because she's a public figure. But if she was this anonymous girl and no one knew the story, she could sue them for stealing her life. story. Interesting. So that's why you can write, you can write an unauthorized biography about whoever you want, as long as they're already a public figure.
2: Wow. And public figure is just like media based pretty much.
1: Yeah. And the, it's like the thing where all the celebrities, like Harry was talking on the Dak Shepard podcast, like all the celebrities like to say like, yo, we, it needs to be illegal to take pictures of children. And like, that's not going to ever be illegal because that would be infringing on free speech and freedom of the press, you know, right, right, are right. out in public, anyone's allowed to take a photo of you that wants to, there is no Lazy. law yeah. saying that you can't do that. So um. yeah I, I think this yeah the show looks really funny I haven't seen the whole thing yet
2: so funny like and yeah I mean I guess it's like to me they're getting away with it because I think if the I think if the royals watched it they might think it was funny like I think it's I think I think it's sort of Stereo-
1: stereotyping them enough that it's not that personal. I don't know? think Megan and Harry would think it was funny. I don't think the two of them have a sense of humor about them. Well, they seem girls. humorless, right? They seem specifically humorless, but but if they're friends with Orlando, they don't have a problem with it right I, th- I mean I'm dying to know what the conversations are behind closed doors between Harry and Orlando about this also there's a satirical show that's very similar that's live action in the US called the Windsors or in the UK called the Windsors oh,
2: really yeah
1: and it's been on for years and like no one really seems to care that much but I guess yeah so. I
2: think you're right about like the Royals are just like whatever say whatever you want we own all the land and we're the fucking British Royals fuck off right. don't, there, care. don't care. that's
1: why their thing is never complain never explain it's not because they want better press it's because they they know that our opinions are basically irrelevant right like they're still gonna be there if even without us
2: well and on some level it's like i feel like when you have such a monopoly on money and power you gotta know that you are a target like it's it's like a like a payoff or like a you know, it's like okay, we're gonna have all the money and power, and then it's like, sure, make fun of us, whatever. Like, ha. Oh, yeah.
1: it's a really, he- yeah, it's a really healthy mindset to have, and I wish that all the other rich people would go back to that because I cannot stand this new. I'm sorry, like I'm, I'll say it. I can't stand people being like, money doesn't solve everything. Like, it's, it's a lot all, easier. Almost everything.
2: It does. Yeah, it makes things a lot fucking easier. Yeah. So-
1: you know, yeah, it's like, they're fine. They're fine. And that's why when you get rich, you start to notice your mental health problems because you have the luxury to notice. where right. You
2: can pay to work through them. Whereas, right, like, right, drama is such a luxury. And, like, right, being – it, it's a privilege to get to dig into your
1: pain. Right. Like, the thing is, when I was working at a certain place – I'm not going to say where it was. I'm, I, maybe oh, yeah. I'll Maybe I'll say it someday. But Oops. I was – one of the Super. places – One of the places I worked, we had a big meeting and someone was pitching a story about anxiety or something like that. And the editor-in-chief of the publication or one of the high-up editors was like, well, you know, this is just a really privileged thing to be talking about. Like people in war zones aren't like suffering from anxiety. And it's like, oh, yeah, they are. They they definitely are. (laughs) Yeah. And like everyone in the room was like, no, you're wrong. Like they are. It's just that they don't have time to talk about it because they're running from bombs. And it's like people in war zones have anorexia and bulimia and anxiety and depression and bipolar disorder and everything. But they just are busy doing other shit. Right. It's
2: like your feelings are actually specifically not the priority here. And we're going to train you out of caring about that shit. Right,
1: that's what PTSD is. It's like after you get out of the crisis, you're like, oh shit, now I got to take care of this. So like, yeah, of course, when you get to a comfortable place in life, you're going to be thinking about all those things and everything that's really going on on the inside. But I think it would serve people really well to understand that like you are examining those things by dint of the fact that you have the ability and the time to do that. It's not that you are uniquely like, more distressed and put upon than the little people. It's that you are able to notice it because you notice it. You
2: have time to deal with it. You have the money to pay for therapy. You have the money to pay for SSRIs. You have the money to actually like have a nervous breakdown. You can take a break from things because you can,
1: you can go to rehab. Like a single mom with a pill addiction is not sitting there being like, oh, maybe it's my mental health. Like, no, she's trying to fucking buy diapers. So- 100%. Like it is everybody at every level has equal or whatever amount. Everyone at every level is suffering in some way. Yeah. But the fact that you can monetize, the fact that you can monetize your trauma at this point if you're rich enough is insane. Like we're going to look back on this era and be like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, people were literally just going on TV and getting paid to talk about their mental health. Like, not that that's a good or bad thing, but it's a new thing.
2: Well, that's also why the gymnast thing is so crazy. That's why the Simone Biles or Simone Bales is so important because it's like, even when you're reading her, her, um, you know, her experience and she's going, wow, I never realized I was like more than gymnastics. And like, wow, I never realized I was being sexually assaulted. It's like, we have been abusing people systemically on purpose for our pleasure and for our luxury. Like, it's like, we don't necessarily want people. Like I think the big win for Simone was being a leader and going, Oh, wait a second. I don't have to, um, I don't have to take one for the team. What? Like, I don't have to actually like be your, your servant. What? I don't have to kill my body and put
1: myself in danger. What? It's like, okay. Yeah. Let's get, let's get into the gymnasts. So this, I, you just made me understand why this is all happening in Leo season. Simone, this is, oh my God, Sarah, the way that we are able to pull it all together week after, Psycho. I mean, so good, Jesus. this is the best podcast right. online right now. Yeah, so the reason why this is happening in Leo season is because of what we were just saying. Simone has been in trauma, in crisis her entire life, and now is the time that she has a moment to breathe, and this is the time that it's all sort of coming crashing down for her mentally because I feel like she's been running on adrenaline, and now that she is up queen of the jungle, queen of her team, Leo, all eyes on her, this is the exact moment that – she's got the minute she's at the top of Everest and everything is silent and she's like oh shit like I'm not okay you want something else kind of wild ma you know
2: who has her Lilith and Leo Simone Simone you're kidding so like fame is eating her alive and now she's like whoa wait a second I'm gonna do it in a different way now fuck you guys
1: Yeah. It's, like, her pursuit of fame, like, her trauma of having, like, you know, uh, parents who couldn't take care of her, going into foster care, being abused when she finally gets into a comfortable place in life. Oh, I've got parents who who have enough money to feed me now. Oh, JK, I'm also going to be abused and not even know it for 10 years. Like – all of that is, I think, what made, and the fact that her Lilith is in Leo is what made her say, oh, you know what? I think that if I can just get to the top of this gymnastics thing and get well-known for that and get accolades for that, I think it's yep. all going to be okay. And now yep. she's gotten to the top and she's like, okay, it's, it's actually not all okay.
2: And in fact, to give you a little more of an astro lesson to how cool it all, because like astrology is evolutionary, right? So what comes after Leo? Virgo. Virgo is about, like, mind-body connection. It's about mental health, physical health, routines, like, daily practices that are there to serve. It's the editor, right? So for Simone, we're watching her, like, it's Leo season, and then she's like, whoa, wait a second. I'm going to now, like, use my fame not only to feel my pain, but to publicly, like, make a stand to it. But that actually leads us into Virgo season and her midheaven, her north node, and her Mars all in her 10th house, her career, where she's going to actually publicly put the pieces together for herself and for us, where she's like, whoa, here's where the mind body disconnect happens. And like she, whatever, whenever her, her memoir that she hasn't sold yet gets published, the, her life's work is actually about mental health and about physical health and about sort of routine and editing and health in general. She is going to change The way that we see gymnastics, not just because we've got a bunch of Biles moves that we never had before, but because she's going to she's going to lift the veil on how much is done in the lives of gymnasts to actually like bamboozle them into thinking that this is normal or that this is that this is the only thing that you can do or this is how people do it. It's actually deeply unsafe.
1: And she clearly has been bamboozled like it's so sad to watch this unfolding in real time and also so instructive for the way the human brain works like she said on the Today Show either today or yesterday oh I think maybe it was like the Larry Nasser stuff that made me choke a little bit like it just occurred to her that that was the thing that was affecting her in addition to obviously all of the pressure that she's already under, that she would be under regardless of whether that happened. Like, it's like she doesn't even know yet the, the toll that this has probably taken on her. Dude,
2: and I follow all the, like, so I was a big Magnificent Seven gal. The 1996 Olympic team were sort of my my heroes. You know, like the oh, Shannon that's our- Miller, Amy Tan, Dominique Macciano. Dominique's one of my favorite follows on Instagram. She's a fucking kick-ass bitch. She's 39. She's still flipping. She rocks. She's married to a gymnast. Her kids are gymnasts. She's cool. But she's been posting all of this stuff, not only, like, thanking Simone, but, like, they, they she showed a clip of um, at the 1996 Olympics where she literally fell on her head on the balance beam. She had a spinal injury. Not only did nobody check her, but she had to go do a, a floor routine right after that. So... <gasps> Simone is lifting the veil for even the older women. I read, I told you last time, I read all the bios. I read the Carrie Strug memoir. I read the Shannon Miller memoir. I read the Amy Tan memoir. I read the Dominique Dominique Luciano memoir. Not a single one of them references abuse. When in fact, now because of Simone, they're like, actually, look at what happened to me. Look at what happened to me. Look at what happened to me. It's like, oh my God, like, generations of people that we have been completely like putting on pedestals and tuning. We watch the Olympics for gymnastics. That yeah. is like what we are doing. We want to see the gymnasts impress us and we want to judge them and we want to blame them and we want to shame them and we want to, we want to put all this pressure on them. And then fucking rip them apart, if they're not perfect or Ooh, a fall, you know, what's so funny. I've been watching the like Olympic clips or whatever. It's so funny because what the what the announcers always say, which is this really fucking they're always like that was the best she could possibly do, and it's almost like in a way of like. It sort of sounds like they're haters. Like they're like that was the best we could expect from her, and it's like yeah, they're
1: they're very. What thing am
2: actually saying is that was incredible. Wow, like, but it's like the, even the way that we're talking about it with this like really critical lens. Ooh, a bounce. Ooh, out of bounds. Well, that was the best she could possibly do, and then it's not even. It's like a you know they're getting like you know fucking eight. 8-4 or whatever. It's not a 10. It's like, that was the best we could expect from her. And it's like, what is that? Fuck you guys. Like, you yeah. should just be like,
1: wow, wow, dope, amazing, holy shit. You know what else is really crazy? I think if Simone hadn't qualified for this Olympic Games in Tokyo, or if she had decided not to go, I don't think we'd be talking about the Nasser stuff again. I don't think that, like, the older gymnasts would be logging on to talk about this because Simone is the only, like you said last week, active link back to that trial all the all the new girls are too young to have dealt with him so she's the really the one that brought it back to the forefront of people's brains just by virtue of the fact that she was at this olympics
2: 100 and what's so fucked up about it is that like actually it is on the forefront of this Olympics because whether or not Nasser is still employed it was usa gymnastics and it was the olympic committee they were all keeping him employed yet if simone isn't there low key, even if it's subconscious going, fuck you people there, I would be shocked. Yeah. I would be shocked because it wasn't just the, the, the minion, whatever the Michigan athletic department that was keeping him employed. It was USA gymnastics. It was the Carolis. It was all of those big coaches who actually were like, no, we think it's okay.
1: Yeah. And also the, the trial when it was happening at the time I remember being so shocked and appalled that it was like hard to even process what the girls were saying. You know, it was, it was was so much horrific information that I think everyone was just like, whoa, where did this come from? We had no idea. Like, I mean, yeah, if you asked me, what do you think is the sport that might have some predators in it? I would be like, maybe the one where they make preteens wear thongs. And there's a lot of men around them in sweatpants. That one, maybe? Touching their bodies for
2: safety, spotting them.
1: Right. Maybe that one. But I, I would never have been like, I wasn't on the lookout for something like that to break. I remember the day that it that the trial was happening, wherever I was working at the time, we were all like, whoa, 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 whoa. Look at, look at this, what's going on. Because, you know, trials happen at weird times. Like you just, like with the Britney thing, even it was like, oh, is this Mid-day. thing related? Yeah, like the, tr- the timing is always really weird. So I think, you know, that happened. It would have kind of died down and it totally. did die. Because they want to bury it. Everyone that's there is implicated. Everyone yeah. that's
2: at the Olympics, not necessarily all the coaches, but like USA Gymnastics, Team USA, the Olympic Committee, all of those people were impl- not only were they like sweeping under the rug, they were paying him.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. He was in a vaunted position. He was like yeah. um what what was the guy uh in Penn State? You oh, know, right. Uh, uh Sandusky. right. right, right.
2: Sandusky. Yeah, he was the Sandusky yes. of gymnastics.
1: Yeah. So and at the end of the
2: day, everybody gives a big fuck about the bottom line. And if these gymnasts are producing good work, which they were, they go no problem. We're making tons of money.
1: Exactly. And so Michaela Maroney also was saying some oh. wild shit on Instagram stories. I was like, I, I, my stomach was turned. She was talking about her injuries when she was in, where, we just talked about this last Rio, week. Where Rio, Rio. Rio, thank you. Uh, when she was in Rio uh she had fallen and gotten a concussion and a bone in her nose exploded and then like a, a year or so after the olympics when she sort of started posting on instagram and everyone was like ooh she got like a kylie jenner makeover ooh and it's like wow I had no idea it was cuz her fucking nose exploded off of her during face during the olympics Like um, yeah, she did get some plastic surgery, and it was corrective. And no one ever like talked about it. And she said that she was jet lagged, and they still made her practice. And she's got all these issues. She was talking about all the different things. It's just like these girls are torturing themselves. Yeah, but then it got really weird with Michaela because then
2: the day after her whole Instagram story. Like, just, I mean, she posted so many being like, then they, I had to do this on a broken ankle, and Larry Nasser lied. Then she had to put out a statement yesterday saying, by the way, I wasn't upset about that. I wouldn't have wanted to not have the opportunity to perform. I was glad that Nasser lied because that's what I was there to do. It's like they're so confused about, yeah, like, he obviously was an enemy to them and he didn't give a fuck about them, but actually they have signed up for that. No, if Michaela had been at the Olympics and been like, actually I can't perform, my foot's broken, it, she would have been equally upset. It's like they don't even know where to place the upset because even in their own minds, like, no, they're there to fucking perform. I was like praying for Simone. I was like, Simone, don't do the beam. Don't do the beam. You don't need to do it. You don't need another medal. You did it. Like you you bailing is the win. You're good. Simone bails. Make it merch, right? Like we're here for it. We love it. <laughs> But like, but like, it's like, no, you're there to fucking do that. And no, she didn't want to not perform. She wanted to fucking perform. Like they want, they're like, fuck my broken ankle. It's like in the same way that we're like, people in Afghanistan don't have anxiety. It's like, no, they do. We just don't, we don't give them the resources to actually deal with that pain. We teach them to fucking work through it. It's the same with what we're doing with gymnasts on their bodies.
1: Yeah, it's like – and like we were saying last week, like, yeah, if everybody in the world with a mental health issue said, oh, I got to tap out because of mental health, the world would stop. And that doesn't mean that we should ignore mental health. It means that, like, something's very fucked up with it. wrong. If the Olympians are not okay, no one's fucking okay. Right, exactly. Uh, Which contradicts what I was saying before about rich people complaining, but still. Also – That's not
2: the same. That's not the same that's yeah. not the same. We're talking about people that are actually putting their, the gymnasts, first of all, are not rich people. Maybe after they get all the followers, they, they can have sponsorships or something. But at the end of the day, these are, I mean, what's what's crazy they're about gymnasts like, the,
1: the gymnasts are children. A lot of them are
2: minors. They're are working class children who become sort of like the, the Britneys of their family in the name of passion and talent. But they're signing up for a life where they're going to be, whether there's a NASA there or not, gymnastics is abusive. Mm-hmm. It just is like you're, you're taught to fight through pain and you're taught to fight through normal human growth and fight through normal human, uh, like, like, like they're, they're expected to be, even when you hear the, the people talking about it, they're like, if she was a normal person, she would have not been able to do this tumble, but she is not normal. She's superhuman. And it's like, no, she's not. Yeah. She's not.
1: She's a person. These are people. And also, if anyone, last thing to say about Michaela, Mar- Michaela Maroney, look at her tweets about how uh, they were made. Their parents, she was like, people are always saying, "Why? Where were your parents? How could they let this happen? Let you get abused?" Well, in order for me to participate, my parents had to sign over basically custody to USA Gymnastics, which right, I- and they weren't even allowed to talk to them. They said it was distracting. That's insane. It's like if you wanted to create a system for abusing children, that that's the system. Never
2: better. What a great, what a perfect, uh, what an absolutely perfect uh, system.
1: Let's end on a positive note. Well, it's not positive, but it's funny. Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Dax Shepard, and Kristen Bell- all announced this week that they like don't bathe their children unless nobody bathing their children in Hollywood. They basically said they don't bathe Mila and Ashton said they don't bathe their children unless there's visible dirt. And Dax and Kristen, not to be outdone, decided to weigh in <laughs> and say that they don't bathe their children unless they smell. And I would to, to that I would say all children smell. So mm-hmm. how bad are they smelling in the Shepherd <laughs> household? Sarah, why is this happening, like, astrologically? Also, they're making white people look so bad. I mean, we don't need black Twitter dragging us for being dirty again. This happens (laughs) once every six months. Like, there was something, like, last year or something where all these white people were like, oh, I actually have never washed my legs or feet in the shower. And everyone who was not white on Twitter was like, this is a white person thing. Uh, The rest of us are washing our legs. I wash my legs.
2: I mean, I exfoliate, so I feel like that it's sort of like a you know, I I do the whole thing.
1: Do you exfoliate every time?
2: Um, well, I
1: gotta say, I'm
2: sort of one of those white people that aren't showering that much. So, like, yes, Sarah, but like, I don't shower that much.
1: Sarah, yep, yep, yep. How, how much do you shower?
2: Well, it depends. I mean, now that I'm in pool life, I shower more because I want to get the chlorine out of my hair because it's bad for my color. And but, the pee, low-key, the
1: pee that people leave, the white people are leaving in the pool. My well. own
2: pee. No, the pee is really bad because if you don't hydrate, it is fucking stark yellow and it shows. And so, yeah, like pee I in I got to shower.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Definitely. Sarah, that's fucking disgusting. Look, if everyone else is going to pee, there are so many kids at the pool. If they're going to pee in the pool, I'm fucking throwing my pee-pee in the ring and like, will I'll bathe after. Like I shower after. Because, so I do shower if I have a pool day because it's functionally really is for my hair color and yeah to get the pee off me but and because like, you're
1: swimming in your own piss Jesus. right
2: right right and like I you know if I do if I pee in the bathtub I, I do drain it immediately and then I refill. <laughs> the bathtub. if I have to go I don't want to get the seat all wet I'll just pee and I then I dump it out I refill it
1: you'd rather have pee all over your body than get the toilet seat wet I'll I'll bathe right after Jesus Christ. I, I thought that this was going to be me and you like standing up for white people's cleanliness and being like, no, it, the rumors aren't true. Like Mila and Ashton and Dax and Kristen are the no, only now we'd call. be dirty. We'd
2: be dirty. I mean, here's the thing, right? Why is this coming out right now? Because there is an astrological reason for it. Okay. We have Leo and Mercury. Uh, we have the sun and Mercury in Leo opposing opposite saturn in aquarius the leo aquarius axis is the axis of like children and parenting right the reason that this is all coming out oh success we're reconnected (laughs) fabulous great we just wanted a little attention we hear you zancaster thanks for being here for us mommy and daddy but that's the thing right so the, the aquarius leo axis is all about parents and children and all about children and control of children or children and like the systems for children so i think why it's coming out is because Saturn going retrograde in Aquarius is being like, what are the ways that we're parenting our children? And it's they're being exposed so as to be discussed on podcasts such as this so that we can actually just sort of not have these blanket ideas that, you know, white people are... shower. The truth is it's not good for your skin to shower every fucking day. It's not. It's bad for your skin to shower every day. There was a study done that I read that actually the healthiest skin was of people that aren't, are like barely showering at all. But the issue is you smell so bad that you're not able to actually be social at all. But like, actually, if you want the healthiest complexion and the healthiest hair and the healthiest everything, it actually requires not, because it dries our skin out. Like if we shower too much, it dries our, everybody, it dries your skin out. So like, definitely you don't want to be smelling funky unless you smell like me. And you don't want to be peeing on yourself unless you're draining it and refilling the water. And if you're peeing in the pool, you know, if it was my own private pool, I might not pee. But because it's a, a because it's a community pool, it's like everybody peeing. I'm peeing too. Also, I do that's think that abusive. People, no, I'm just I'm just being where I am. You know, like, again, if it was my own pool, I don't think I would pee. But because everyone be peeing, I'm pee in the fucking pool. But also, if I you're think wait wait, wait 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 wait, if
1: if you're at someone's house and they invite you over for a pool party and there's like a million people in the pool, are you peeing in the pool?
2: No, that's different. But I also think that's a much more socially. Like, the, like all eyes on me, all eyes on me. Like if there was just highlighter yellow puffs of water appearing around me, everyone would know that I peed in the pool, right? But like, eh, you know, in the kitty pool, the community pool, it's like eh, everyone's peeing. I do think the chlorine kills the pee. It also kills our hair color. This is why I'm showering.
1: There is but... no killing pee though.
2: I don't know. Is that true? We got to, any pool experts, please write in because I do think that the chlorine is such a heavy chemical that it is sort of just like wipe. That's that's what it's there for. It's actually to purify the water.
1: Yeah, but would you eat poop if someone purified it? Would you swim in poop if if someone pu- purified it?
2: Honestly, one time I was at Disney World with my friend Kelsey, and she found poop in the pool. Yeah, but like that, we you wouldn't poop in a pool because it had enough chlorine. No, no. I mean, I don't think that the that the pool offsets the the poop. No, and I, but I just think that it's a. I mean, I do think that pee and poop are a little different. I mean hypothetically like one time i swigged pee it was a horrible experience randy used to pee um instead of going to the bathroom he would pee he still does he pees in like water bottles next to the, bed. To to the bathroom and one time i thought it was lemonade and i was like ah, and i almost vomited it was a hard it was traumatic oh but my no god, god randy further. stop <laughs> I know, it was really bad
1: i've never really met bad. randy i've never met him but like really oh my god no. i know yeah,
2: he's a great dude great dude but he does he does he doesn't want to get up in the middle of the night he got he's got a jug next to the bed we're buying juice just to pee in the containers, you know. And I did I did have a moment of, and it was horrible. It was, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. It was truly a traumatic moment in my life. And I'm not pro pee. I want to be clear. Like, I want to be on record. I'm not pro pee pee. I'm not into pee as, like, a beauty thing. I don't think it's a good. No, I don't think if it was my own pool or I was at your pool party, I'm a safe bet. I'm not going to pee in our pool. But it's like if there's a bunch of kids playing Marco Polo for half an hour before I dip in, I'm going to have to assume that one of them might have, might have leaked a little bit, you know. And then I do shower. Then you must shower. You don't want to pee on you 100%. I'm not fucking – I'm on R. Kelly Muse. I'm not here to get fucking peed on.
1: But – This is why I don't go underwater in pools.
2: Right. <laughs> so fair. So fair. I mean, it is gross. But, like, I do feel that I need to speak for the little people, meaning the kids. That are peeing in pools and I need to represent, you know, it's, it is a conscious choice. I mean, look, if I have it in me to hold it in and go to the little bathroom, I will, you know, I'm not against being in the toilet. It's not something I'm, I'm actively against, but yeah, when, so all all this to say after the pool, you got to shower. You know, for so many reasons, you guys, this is a big, you know, and I do wonder for Mila and for Dax and for all of the white celebrities in Hollywood, don't you guys have pools? You know, if you're not showering your kids after the pool, I do think it's a problem, right? But in general, like on a regular week, if I'm not hopping in the pool or the ocean and I'm just going about my life, I probably shower, I mean... Sometimes when I'm really depressed, I shower like every day because I'm like, here I am, water drip on me. I'm sitting down in the shower. I'm praying, you know, I'm I'm praying. I'm I'm singing myself, you know, or whatever. But but in general, I you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I, I do I like my I like my stank. I wanna bottle up and put it in a goop candle. I, I think oh. I my pheromones are kind of sexy to me so I'm not like super I mean I wash I brush my teeth every day twice at least I wash my face I you know I wash my hands I'm I'm not like not hygienic but I don't think the shower is the end-all be-all of cleanliness
1: you really should be in Europe because they are fucking dirt balls over here too
2: okay I would I feel that everything
1: I've heard about London so far I would crush like so many people have BO it's insane wait so okay so why are why why are these people talking about this? Like it, because
2: but- Saturn in Aquarius going retrograde opposing the Sun and Mercury in Leo is all about parents and children, and it's all about what the systems and structures are that are in place. But why including- are we talking
1: about the dirtballness of
2: it? Well, I think that's one spin on it. I think it's just more about like everything. I mean, it's the same reason why we're talking about Simone Biles and you know, and her experience growing up. And we're talking about the gymnast. Because we're seeing what we're doing to kids as a collective. How are we parenting our children? And a lot of it is up for debate. If what comes out of this is that we have some skin doctor that comes out and says, Mila, Dax, Kristen, Ashton, this is not acceptable. I don't know why. I don't know what country he's from. But if he's like, the skin doctor is now making a, you know, whoever the Fauci of skincare is, if they come out and they're like, this is unacceptable, then that is what needs to come out of this. Or perhaps a skin doctor will come out and say, yeah, low key, you don't want to shower every day. It actually dries out your skin. So, you know, I think these are the things that are coming up now so that we can start to figure out how to reparent ourselves and reparent the collective in the future so that there is more of a baseline for like what actually is. And, you know, I think when it comes to like, you know, for whatever reason, bathing is not a hotbed issue as much as masks or vacs are. So I think that this is a, it's an entry into the conversation about how we parent and how we treat our children and what we kind of, what the practices in place are that we can just talk about, you know, and not, and not have be so politicized.
1: We can use lotion, you know, like we can. Definitely. We should. If you're not, you should get that yeah. lotion. I am going to bathe my children frequently. <laughs> I feel like ideally you should be bathing your kids at least every other day. And I feel like every other day is probably normal. I mean, I, I, I would say I probably, I mean,
2: I, now that I'm in pool life, it's hard for me to even think anything other. Like, now I bathe every day. You know, I shower every day because, again, the chlorine, the pee-pee, you got to get it off. But, like, you know, like, Philly, Sarah, like, before this, like, I was, yeah, like, I think every other day or every three days I was probably hop- hopping in the shower.
1: You were feral in Philly.
2: Well, I really, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't,
1: I don't mind feral Sarah. Merch, feral in Philly with a PH.
2: Ooh! Oh Philly, we got merch, and isn't that so fucking? Well, that's the thing, right? It's like I do kind like right at the pool party. It's not acceptable in Philly. It is like I feel like to me, it's all about, and that's why I can handle sitting in coach. Also, I'm in, I'm of the people. Like whatever the
1: people are doing, I'll do. I'm not of the people. I'm Kate Middleton. No, you royalty from the cosmos. I'm 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 Kate Middleton, but <laughs> this is the thing. Um, I think yeah, I'm I'm gonna bathe my kid. I ever have memories actually now when I was little of only bathing once a week. So I'm going to have to ask Paul and Andy. We got about- a lot
2: to talk to the Moleshide parents about. We got to get them on the pot because they have a few – they have some splaining to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they do. They have some
2: splaining to do. Yeah. But we want to know from you guys. Like how often do you bathe – how often do you bathe your kids? Do you pee in the pool if it's a community pool? Do you pee in your own pools? Have you ever peed in the bathtub? Just because. You know, let us know. We're not judgmental. I'm not judgmental. Molly might be, but that's why yeah. it's – we don't – we're not here to be – a homogenous voice in the waves, right? We want to. We want to actually be an open-ended forum for us to really get the dirt out because the truth is celebrities and and us everybody we are trash
1: We are trash the astrology helps us understand i also don't have kids yet so i have no idea what the what the going rate on bats you might, like is. Stink. You might be like yo you stank yeah the uh the other thing i think i i'm not gonna make my kids do manual labor that's for sure
2: no let's take that off the table yeah I unless definitely, they're very strong unless they're strong kids unless then you're hyping them up you'll go yes do the
1: labor yes you're a laborer yeah, I definitely like – Sorry I'm you. screaming again, sigh. It's okay. I think Zencaster is sort of regulating your uh, voice a little bit, which is oh, great. good, good. I just, I'm theatrical. You know I'm a stage performer. I know, I know, I know. Well, now we've got the technology on our side. Um, so I think that I'm not going to make my kids do manual labor. I'm going to be a little bit nicer and like more forgiving. I'm not going to be like – you know potato famine mindset with my children which is the way that like i was certainly raised at times
2: and i think for you like if you really want to and for everybody like if you want to fucking step into this portal just shift the language into i want into like i am or i have or i am doing right if you're like i only fly first class and i make tons of money if you just start saying that and make that just like what is the the universe will surprise you in miraculous ways Mom
1: i I have a really um sort of deep question, yeah oh, yeah. so Irish people <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Jewish people both have a lot of trauma in their past, Jewish people way more so um but no potatoes, like, I die, well, like yeah, Ireland had a really big orchestrated mass death in the potato famine because of the Brits because of colonialism, like that was a real thing. And I think we came out of that and all of that colonialism and all of that sort of, like, long period of scarcity with a scarcity mindset that lasted forever. (laughs) And, like, even in Ireland itself, I think people are only now starting to be a little more optimistic. Whereas with you guys, you had the Holocaust, like, fucking 50 years ago, 60 years ago.
2: Yeah, not that
1: long. Yeah. And like, I just feel like even though your grandparents went through this insane amount of trauma, I feel like you guys didn't come out of it with the same scarcity mindset. So why why do you think that is?
2: Okay. Now this, again, this is Sarah Armour's hot take. I am not speaking for all of the juice. Right. Okay.
1: And we are speaking in massive generalities right, right now. And mm-hmm. we are
2: both stand-up comedians. And we're also just like, we're just open micing out here. So like, this is you no, know, no, no, take no offense. This but is I fantastic. Say Right, right. I just want to say though, in my opinion it's because like low key like I feel that like the Jews crushed the Holocaust, right? Like <laughs> we came out of the Holocaust inventing comic books, inventing regional theater. Like when I went through the Holocaust museum, I was so I was like I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I was in Israel. I'm not going to cry. Not cry. When I got to the part where it was like how did people get through living in these ghettos? It was because they were doing theater. It was because there were people even in the worst of it, they were putting up they were they were writing plays and they were putting on shows and that is the comic books exist because of the holocaust like so so i think in, in as much as you could i think what the jews big strength is is that we can really make art out of out of trash right i mean space trash podcast like i think that we can turn we can use the arts and we can use our talent to kind of like capitalize and to create out of the abyss i mean what is hanukkah if not the fucking greatest, it was dark. It was going to be dark. And yet we had enough light. Like the Jews are bringing light to the table and we are always performing and we are always able to like make it funny and make it interesting and make it theater. And I think that is why we've come out with a little bit of a different experience than the Irish.
1: All right. I'm going to hit you with this. Irish are the best writers in the English language. Basically, you know, like Joyce Wilde. Yes. Yes. Yates, we came out of our trauma and we sort of like stewed about it and created amazing literature. Um, Why did we both metabolize the trauma so differently? That's what I'm wondering.
2: Well, it's a great question, Molly. I mean, I really have no idea. And I'm just answering like first thought here. I haven't really thought about this in in large detail. I will say it probably does have to do with like depression and alcohol a bit. Like it seems like the Irish were much more heavy on the drinking heavy and it's also just in terms of like the medium like literature isn't as I mean at a certain time it was mass producible and that was entertainment but it's like now when you're coming out of the holocaust with comic books that's like easy to read that's marketable shit it's like Mm -hmm. even if you're the greatest of all time in order to enjoy the the Irish brilliance you have to be able to sit down and read a fucking fat ass book of a depressed guy it's kind of a lot to ask of people like Mm -hmm. the Jews They did comedy, they did comic books. It's like, it was so dark that I think it sort of had to be kept light uh, to a certain degree. Or a lot of the stories were... Like, all the comic book stories are about people that, like, you know, find out that they have superpowers. Because it was like a coping mechanism at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that the Irish were digging into the pain in a more literal way. Which I think is actually just less digestible to the people, to the
1: population in general. Do you know what else I think it is? I think it has to do with the fact that Ireland had its own nation. It has a nation that predates even like England and you guys didn't have your own nation until Israel, the Irish diaspora story, Irish people in the U S is a very jubilant story. Like, yes, we were sort of discriminated against for a few years, but nothing on the level of like any other, like, you know, immigrant group in, in the U S and, Irish people in the U.S. have been incredibly successful. There was a time when yeah. Wall Street was, like, all Irish, you know? Yeah. And so I think our diaspora— I mean, the Irish, like, hypothetically, pretty much, like,
2: I mean, this is— a, I, don't, I have no idea if this is true, but what I want to say is, like, in, in large part, the Irish built this country.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, they were definitely had a, a hand in it. Yeah. But we got paid for it, which is also like, you know, when like, because Ireland has a very, very traumatic past. And but I also want to say that whenever Irish people in America, only Americans do this, when Irish people in America try to use that as some sort of Way to compare us to the Black American experience. It is totally. not valid. No it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. How
2: dare you? Right, not, you get fucking slammed for it.
1: Right, like Black people built America, really, and like maybe in the North, Irish people helped. There was also a lot of Asian immigrants who built the railroads. Totally.
2: Right, it's sort of, it's actually sort of like regional, right? Like the, yeah. the Asian built the railway ra- railroad systems, but I do think in terms of like labor in New York, I feel like I know, I feel like I know like like the actual brick and mortar in New York City was a heavily Irish, they put the bricks down. Like like Irish and Italian.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were like all servants, like my ancestors that came to the US, they were like servants in people's houses, like in the Northeast, you know? And like, so, but but we were able to move out of shit. Like we got out of the UK rule that was so oppressive and we came over to the US and we became happy, jubilant, creating art, very like prosperous people. Maybe it's the fact that Jewish people until Israel was created, you guys were all diaspora all the time. So all the time. You and guys even were, now, I mean,
2: I, we've said it on the pod, I'll say it again, I should have picked Miami. Like, why did we, why, why did the UN give us, I mean, I get it, like Jerusalem, it is sacred, but like they put us in the middle of a war zone. I mean, it's still a fucking war zone.
1: Yeah. And and you guys, I guess, were able to, you didn't have an issue with picking up and moving if you could when no, she we're got like that. the
2: wandering people. We've had to, like ever since yeah. Christ became that dude, we were like, I mean, even, even before that, I mean, I think anti-Semitism is, it goes as deep as human history. It's like, if you're going to be the first like organized religion, they're going to hate you first the most. So we're sort of used to that kind of like trauma We're we're a roaming people. We're used to not having a place. We're used to being kind of like pick up and go. Don't make that the thing. So I do you think like that, the outsider. Yeah. Like, and, and I think in a lot of ways, and this is a real hot take, and I'm really sorry if this is offensive to anybody, but I am Jewish. So I can say, it. I think on some level, we not get off on it, but like, you know, I don't know. Not that my, not that my family loves antisemitism. They certainly don't. But I do think that they're very comfortable playing the victim card whenever they can. And I don't know if the Jews were like, we're good if it would even be this we wouldn't I don't know if we'd be funny anymore I don't know if we would be like as um sort of powerful creators as we are because I think part of the Jewish like like mentality and ideology comes from this like it's sort of like maybe it's like we're like the gymnasts of the of the white people I don't know it's like we're kind (laughs) of used to taking so many fucking punches that we're like look 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 we're going to perform. We all have concussions, but we're going to fucking cry. Like, we can kind of like this <laughs> yeah. on top of a lot of fucking hate where it's like, bring it fucking on. Right. I'm in the fucking the routine of my life right now, you fucking assholes. Try me. Give me the yeah. Nobel Peace Prize again, you fucking idiots.
1: And I think if you were living in Ireland during the time of the British occupation, it was probably wow. like wow. you had this past of we were like, prehistoric like we predated everything like we predated written language and we had our own sovereignty and then all of a sudden they just come in and take it like yeah and and like I think you you would feel a lot of shame for the fact that you didn't you weren't able to keep them from doing that right that's the the Irish thing the Irish people have like sort of a small
2: guy syndrome like they're sort of a like I do think it's like a little bit of shame. Like, Right. It's like, why didn't, why couldn't you fend off? I think the other pain of the Irish is like, if we're looking at like the Irish versus the, the British, you all look the fucking same. No, so Irish people mean. are so much better looking than English Oh, I mean, people. a million percent, a million percent. But, it, but it's the same look, right? Like it's a very Aryan light, like sort of, like you wouldn't necessarily be like, I mean, I look, I want to be clear. If I'm dating white people, they're Irish. Okay. Even Randy, half Irish. Like I only, yeah, yeah. If I, if I, da- I like, Irish are my choice of whites. Okay. I don't even date Jewish. I got enough Jewish for all of us, okay? But yeah, I mean in general, no, Irish are sexier a million percent. But it is sort of like they're neighbors. Like it's like, "Oh man, like why be so mean?" Like it's so mean what happened to the like the yeah. Irish and the British. It's so like it's just about power and it, it's like they should be friends. They should be they should be like on the same team and they're not. And so I think that that's a pain that is like a little bit not deeper but it's it's not so it's not on the surface right it's sort of like why do you hate me it's like it's like um, yeah. it's like I have I have a client who's like really beautiful and her mother was like just so you know everyone's gonna hate you your whole life because you're beautiful and so she's Ugh. been playing herself down and playing small because her jealous mother said people are gonna hate you for this it's like I sort of feel like it's like you're the children of this of this nation who was like like just jealous or just like haters like haters in the house for no fucking reason like you should be celebrating the irish sexiness and the grit and the talent and instead it's just like jealous parents
1: and they also like pounded the irish language out of existence and like it would be like there there i actually saw tiktok today there is one remaining living monolingual irish person like Whoa. there's only one and he's probably dead by now that tiktok was probably old he was the only person left on the planet who only speaks irish and doesn't wow. know Wow, what is irish like gaelic gaelic is a family of language that encompasses family of languages that encompasses irish and a couple others so, so wait, what is like
2: what is the irish language it's irish Whoa, like, I don't even know that that exists. I know, because the
1: Brits fucking murdered it. <sighs> they stamped it oh. out.
2: So, so but- basically, if the, all the Irish people living in Britain are basically there being like, yeah, we'll fucking, we'll now live off you. Like, it's like everyone who's Irish in the UK is a little bit like, yeah, we'll fucking take your shit now.
1: Yes. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, like, yeah, the Irish language, was there ever a time when anyone cared enough to stomp out Hebrew or were they just, they're probably, I'm sure, sure there didn't. were times, but I think like for the most part, it was probably like the governments of whatever place until whenever it wasn't a war situation for the most part, wherever Jewish people were living, everyone was probably like, yeah, sure. Go ahead speak that. We don't care. Right.
2: Well, people don't really, I mean, Hebrew is like a very hard language to learn. I know I did the tropes. I did Hebrew school, but then there was also like sort of Yiddish, which is, um, it's sort of like like Jewish slang, right? Okay. So Yiddish is, so like my grandparents spoke Yiddish. So like, you know, the mention, and and there's all these words that are not even technically like uh, sort of, they're not a appreciated language. Like it's not a language that you would be taught. It's like a traditional kind of like hand-me-down language. So I think the Jews kind of took, um, you know took whatever i mean hebrew it looks like hieroglyphics i mean it is just really fucking hard yeah. to read and it also is a little bit of like a feather in the cap like if you can read hebrew you do read hebrew and a lot of the old texts are written in hebrew so like you can't really stomp out hebrew because in order to in order to translate any of the original texts you need to speak hebrew so you can't you have to be able to read hebrew because that's what everything's written in
1: and there are still people who speak yiddish People speak Yiddish and people speak Hebrew. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, functionally, Irish only really exists in certain households. Like, there are a few households left where they speak Irish at home. But it's, it's a choice. Like, it's really like a thing of, like, we are keeping this alive, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's so sad. I know. It's awful.
1: Like the It's really horrible. It and is, you really are the sexiest white people. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I feel like Italians are really pretty – well, some of them. Yeah. Depends on your
2: type, I guess.
1: Yeah, they got a swagger <laughs> sometimes, but yeah, I mean, well, also on the point of um feeling stupid just for being colonized by the Brits. That's a line in Train Spotting, which obviously is Scottish people, but it's very similar the way that they treated Scottish people. Where he's like. We're we're a nation of wankers and we got colonized by wankers. We couldn't even find a decent nation to get colonized by. It's Yeah, like, like
2: I think that's the deep pain. It's like when you're getting colonized by people that sort of like are are your brothers, it's like, what the fuck? Like why? Why
1: it's so mean. And like they're like you but with eyes that are closer together.
2: <laughs> and like devastating.
1: Not not the right chin to nose proportion. <laughs> And low-key, you're like, you guys are not even, you guys are
2: less attractive than us, right? Like, it's like literally like a jealous, it is, it's like the jealous parent who has beautiful children that's like, you, shame, shame, you're too pretty for your own good.
1: And it's like, they fucking fuck you up. But it's not even the child, that's the thing. Like, it's it's a completely different type of person like right right
2: right gaelic
1: versus anglo-saxon like they are completely right. different tribes like one doesn't predate the other so right it's two different places right it's fucking crazy and and, so and people weird and people don't know about it it's very weird that people don't talk about it i think like in even in ireland like some people don't even want to talk about it because it oh. is like a source of shame like oh, and yeah really taught about it in the UK like I'm sure some people are I'm sure people are going to yell at me if I mean I'm sure there's no British people left listening to this podcast at this point but like <laughs> there <laughs> you know. I don't know if you're leave a comment if you're British and you're listening we need the metrics yeah also I want to know more about the history of Ireland actually because all I really know is like li- like the literature um, so if anyone has any recommendations for like an Irish history book, I'd be very interested. I you also
2: got to watch Sing Street. You got to watch Sing Street. Watch it with the family; they're gonna fucking love it. Yes, I'm gonna
1: be in Belfast this weekend, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make them it do is, it.
2: It is like life changing good. I don't buy that many things on Apple TV, you guys. I bought it immediately. I had to go home and watch again. I wept in the theater from joy. It's so it's so beautiful. It's and it really does, I think, capture the Irish spirit. Which is like, yeah, like this is a violent sort of downtrodden place, and yet the spirit it's like the spirit is so high, like these are these are a jubilant people, and like it is these are a spirited, talented group of people who like it's similar to the Jews. It's like when everything's fucked, it's like make music, write a book, like sit mm. down, you know and and I think that's really cool
1: about it, Maybe yeah, that's Irish why it's so attractive to me. Irish music is like there would be no country in bluegrass and even probably rock and roll without Irish music. Obviously it also is like black influences coming into it's like Irish music and black music and like different things coming together to form American like music a manager in the room, right? Like if you listen to, <laughs> wait, what'd you say? the jewish manager in the room fucking
2: <laughs> the jewish guy in the room i know talent
1: <laughs> making it all happen yeah. yeah it's yeah 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 so i you know wow what a wide-ranging conversation i don't even know how Beautiful. we got on you this. know
2: because it's just we're just such fucking intellectuals ma. we're just intellectuals and and we just let the we let the conversation go where it will because our interest it gets so peaked and and we've got to just trust the train of thought because we're out here doing real real educational shit for the people and yeah celebrities are trash but the astrology helps understand you know mm-hmm. and and i do think that that but even now when we're talking about the spirit of the people versus the like nation state and versus the the system and the policies it is sun and leo and mercury opposing saturn and aquarius so like in all senses The astrology matches this conversation perfectly because we're going, we were these, you know, these were the children. How did they get here? This was the, this is the story of the family. How did it get here? Are we washing our kids? Are we peeing in the pool? Are we colonizing other white nations? Like what is going on? And this is what we're doing. Like in this moment in time, we want to reflect and we want to go, oh, because of this fucked up story, I have this idea about myself. And in fact, if I could just flip the script, I don't know, we could bring glory to the Irish people once more.
1: Should we make like Irish Jewish
2: merch? Okay, sound off in the comments. If you want some Irish <laughs> merch, we will make that shit for you. We've already got some filthy and filly and feral gear coming. We are doing regional merch now. So if we can help you feel more aligned with your place or ethnicity of origin, we want to make that crop top for you. Let
1: us know. And let us know if you want full length tops too. I've been doing the crop tops because like it's just, I don't know. I, a full length shirt swallows me up. But if you Mm. want a full length -er to wear with some bike shorts, like let us know which ones you want. And you
2: know what the truth is? If you want something, you can message us and be like, I want this design and I want it on a I want it on a racerback tee, we'll fucking make that shit custom for you. We have access to all the back-end shirts you could possibly imagine. If you, whatever you want, we will make it for you because we are here for you, the people.
1: Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles
2: the rich and your range. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash, but the astrology can help us
0: understand